All right, boys, it's time to come. Disgusting. Hi, everyone. Why? I'm your host, Matt, a.k.a. Legion X, and welcome to another episode of the Gap, the generic anime podcast. I'm your host. With me, I have my horny, horny co-host, Shane. Yeah. How are you doing today, Shane? You could have just said Sticky, and that would have worked just as well. Sticky also works, but he's like, what else are you after? Oh, my goodness. Detrimentally um, horny right now. Um, um, never, ever say coom in my presence again. I will I'm gonna coom! Well, can we, like, can we ban him? (laughs) I'm the host, bitch. It was a thump. I I will become the the ban button. I will become the new host. Hello, my name is Josh. I'm the new host for The Gap. Uh, Shane is dead. I killed him. Terrible. Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. <laughs> Hi, Josh. Like a fucking uh, AA meeting. <laughs> With me, I also have my co-host, Spencer. How are you doing today, Spencer? Yeah? I, Spencer's dead. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I was fucking, uh, like, taking a bite of my chicken pot pie. Spencer is dead. Eating chicken... Uh, he he burnt his entire body because the chicken pot pie was too chicken hot. Chicken pot pie was too spicy. Swishelle chicken pot pies. Um, oh, yummy. delicious! Yes, uh, I'm good. Yeah, just got back home from work, so you know. Mm-hmm. Right. With me, I also have my co-host Josh. How are you doing today, Josh? Good. It's been a little while, hasn't it? It has been. A, it has been a little while. I can't. It's been, it's when been a was couple months. Well, it was quintuplets. It was quintuplets. Yeah, quintuplets. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it's been like two, three months. Yeah, it's been a couple of months. It's been a couple of months. Uh, uh, and quite a bit has happened with Josh, including his computer's dead. Um, so yeah, that has happened. Well, rip. Who would That's have like... thought installing some new parts would mess with your hard drive and your drivers? Who would have thought I, that computers are the most fickle things on the goddamn planet and doing literally anything can brick them in a single go? Well, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's crazy. Brick. You know, it just it just it came down with the symptom of blue screenitis, where it likes a blue screen every couple seconds. Crazy. You love to see it. Oh. All right, so but we have a wonderful show planned for y'all today. We have. Uh, simulcast and a little, a little bit of uh, simulpubs. Uh, 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 two pieces of news, not so not much, and of course, a featured anime of the podcast, Golden Kamui, as chosen by Shane, yours truly. Hello. Um, uh, we'll be covering all three seasons of that, so get ready. To yeah, strap in, boys. We are going to be talking about a lot of Golden Kamui. You will be sick. Of Golden Kamui. Like the never time we be are sick done. Of Golden Kamui. Whip your fucking dicks out, boys, just like Shiraishi. Dick Senpai! Dick Senpai. Uh, people be. No. Um, but let's just get jump right into it. Let's start with Simulcast. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Jo- we're going to start with Josh because he has not been here in a couple of months. And in fact, he wasn't here for when we started the season. Uh, so we're going to just pass the baton over to him. So. To see if he wants to talk about anything from this season. Josh, is there anything that you're watching this season that is notable you want to talk about? Well, he died, I guess. Yeah, well, I, Josh, apparently, uh, computer must have... <laughs> computer Oops. Blue screened the de- Oops. Well, Josh is, Josh is dead. He's canceled for the rest of this episode. Move on. Move. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> we'll go. We'll go to Spencer. We'll go to Spencer first. Uh, Spencer, is there anything you want to talk about this season or no? Uh, yeah. Um, so I was given the option, you know, because I, I've I've already seen all three uh, seasons of Golden Conway, and I didn't think I needed that big of a refresher. So I'm like, ma'am, this whole season is open. These two weeks, I can watch whatever I want. Uh, instead, this season sucks dick, and I watched more Gundam. So, do you know what can never let you down, Matthew? Gundam. Gundam. Well, Gundam has had some shit, though. And you're about to get to it uh, at some point. I can't wait until you get to a absolutely atrocious... Uh, series of the a series of it uh and just come to me and be like matt why do you like this i mean listen i so last time i had uh i had only watched the og series and thunderbolt but since then i have watched uh war in the pocket which is an absolute masterpiece um i've watched awaith ms team which was really really good even if it was kind of confusing at the end um, and I have finished the first OVA series for, uh, MS Igloo, which, which is, which is fine. It's, it's fine. decent. It's not terrible, but the CG is really good. Like surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, the CG, the CG, it came out during the same time. It's like when they do in Spears Within and, uh, Advent Children. Yeah. A lot of those really, really stylistic of CG stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's got that influence. And it looks really good. Uh, the, I wish that Igloo was more interesting, though. I wish the story they told was more interesting. And that I had mean, actual characters. Yeah. No offense to, you know, uh, Cadillac and Oliver May, the the uh, engineering lieutenant of the 603rd Technical Division of uh, the Principality of Zeon. But you're kind of boring, the only cool thing is like the one-off characters that they show per episode, <laughs> and as and, Spencer, you're a little too savage there. I'm sorry, but as as always, though, uh, the music in Gundam is incredible, and it does not cease. So, but this is all to the lead up for Zeta, and I'm super hyped for Zeta. Are you going to be watching Zeta first or Origin next? Um, I'm watching Origin first, and then Zeta. I just want to get rid of. I just want to get everything out of the way that I know. And then I'll start Zeta, which was like you'll love something. Origin. By the way, Origin is great. Um, I'm I'm genuinely excited because I know that it gives a lot of backstory for some of the stuff that's happened. Very very happy. Yeah. All right. Josh, is there anything this season you're watching? Because you absolutely he's died risen the from the grave. Yeah, he died. I went to go pee. <laughs> this uh, he went to mother go pee as we called him. Um, so, I am watching a couple things this season. I am watching three shows this season. So much. Three? I know. Three? I know two, I know two of them. Um, the, actually, wait. Three, actually, no, I know four, all three. Never three? mind, I got it. I got it. I know, I know. I fucking know. Okay, let me just, let me see if I can read. Um, okay, so, I am watching Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid S. Yeah. Hell yeah. It is very good. I am very happy to see this show back. I love Dragon Maid. Um, super comfy. Just really good show. Uh, super happy to see Kyo Annie back, too. You know, Fucking oh, triumphant return. Big triumphant return. So happy to see that. Um, 
I am watching Jahi Sama cannot be defeated. Yep. Really amazing. Uh, mm -hmm. I already knew I was going to love it. I read the manga, so, you know, knew what I was getting into. Cannot complain. Yep. And I am watching The Duke of Death and His Maid, which is... This is one that you haven't been able to sort of shut up about. Um, Listen, really this like show is actually really good. I am very impressed with this show. It is very good. I know people are like, oh, CG, bad. I'm like, listen, man, listen. The story is amazing, though, so, like, kind of makes up for the bad CG, it's you know? It's the same team that did High Score Girl on Netflix with the CG. And it's not even that bad. Like, the CG isn't even that bad, and the story is amazing, so, like... No, the, from what I've seen, the CG is pretty good. I like the style of it. It's the like kind the of... story. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. it's a kind. Of, yeah, it's a Duke of Death. I haven't seen Duke of Death. I just haven't had the time. I to recommend watch it, it to most people. It's uh, it's uh, but I've heard it's quite, it's quite. I heard it's quite good. I know it's one of the most popular ones this season. It um, is very good. I like it. I enjoy uh, it. Which is good. Uh, Shane is also not watching stuff this season. Well, yet you probably will once the season's done. But he's catching up last season stuff. So yeah, he's just um, busy. This he's technically season... watching slime. He is technically watching slime. Yeah, this season, uh, summer twenty twenty one, is what we call the big oof because uh, dump season. Oh, it's mid. Oh, it's real mid. <laughs> dump season. It happens. It happens. We get one of these like every couple of years. A dump season. It's like okay. Wait. I actually forgot something, Matt. Yeah, Matt. Yes. Are you caught up with Higarashi? No, not even close. Okay. Okay. <laughs> not even close. Because Higarashi's been pulling some shit, and oh, I get a, a free piece of stromboli, everybody. Thanks, mom. Do you get a free piece of stromboli if I get caught up on Higarashi? Uh, sure. I, I I can give you a free piece of stromboli if you get caught up on Higarashi. Um, but no, uh, they've been pulling some shit, and me and a girl that I talk to on Twitter all all, all the time, uh, with uh, she. And me uh, is talking to me about that and to your eternity and to your eternity is really really good. Um, I will say I think the production on to I haven't watched to your eternity. I think the I think the production of that show has taken a nosedive. I thought a couple of episodes looked like dog dookie. I mean, um, yeah, but I didn't think they looked great. No, I was like, oh, what the what the fuck is happening over at Brain's base? But uh, probably you know, still really good though. It's just like. Animation wise, I wish it, it's starting to collapse. It's starting and, to collapse. And I and I highly recommend everybody watches Life Lessons with Unamichi Chan Asan because it is the funniest thing I have seen in a while. Like, it's genuinely funny, but it's also like super, like a mood. Like, I'm 24 and I work in retail. And I know these feelings of like, like, hey, you're in your, you know, mid to late 20s. Your life is over at this point and <laughs> children are going to and children are going to step all over your hopes and dreams. And you might have aspirations, but you know what? Just shut up and do your job. Damn. Wow. Damn. I'm just depressed now. <laughs> I'm just Damn. sad now. Watch them dragging me. They'll uh, put some spring in your step. I haven't even seen the first season. All right, so Shane, talk about your... Yeah, yeah thank you. Shane. I've been waiting to, you know, speak. Um, 
like I said, summer 2021, dookie. Um, but I have watched a singular episode of a show that's actually airing this season. It was Dragon Maid. <laughs> was Dragon Maid. So it was Dragon one, Maid. The one show that everyone wanted this season. Literally, I I watched it because they were like, oh, we're dubbing. And I was like, cool. It's like 2.30 in the morning and I have nothing to do. Who needs sleep? I'm going to watch this. Really sleep good. week. <laughs> It I was really gonna say uh, it would be funny. It would be funny. It's like it's two thirty. Who needs sleep? I watched Dragon Maid and it put me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, Dragon Maid had a really strong premiere, and the, the most impressive thing about it that I, I've said several times now is just it's such a triumphant turn for return for Kyoani. Like holy shit, they bounced back so hard. It's it makes me really happy to see. Uh, but the actual content in the show is just great anyway. It's it's wholesome, it's comfy, it's everything I loved about the first season. Just more action and Sakuga, so like, better. Did you like it's it's pretty much did you like season one? Good. You're gonna like season yeah, two. Yeah, you're gonna like this shit. Um and like, then yeah, no that's no question, it's just Yeah. And then yeah, that's literally the only thing I watched this season. I'm prioritizing catching up on shit I've missed last season and beyond, because this season there's like three shows that I care about, and I'm like, I don't need to get to them right now. It's fine. Yeah, this season's um, obviously pretty quiet. So in There's the last 24 episodes, I caught up on uh, the first core of Slime, and I also finished Yuru Camp Season 2, which Josh is very yes. happy about. I am. Josh, did you know that Yuru Camp is literally the perfect show? Yeah. Like, there's literally nothing wrong with it. It is. That's why it's my favorite show of all time. Is it's Euro so Camp good. Is it's so good that in the most recent season of it is top tier. Like I literally, I if I looked up the word comfy in the dictionary, there would probably be a, a picture, picture of Nadeshko's stupid face. Yeah, probably. Or uh, just and then, like Nadeshko and just Rin just sitting there under, you know. Yeah, under a blanket, you know. Yeah. The good shit. It's good. Uh, it's good. And, th and then Slime, which... Oh my god! <laughs> Don't you love how season two is just in? It's just like it takes the first season and goes, and like takes the quality up like to ten. It's now, like, hey guys, infinitely better. <laughs> it's like, hey guys, you remember how we kind of stumbled in the second half of the first season? Yeah, we're not doing that again. Here's the thing, though. It, I only watched the first core, and I haven't heard anything about the second. It could fall in the same trap. Second, but... I've been I have been watching it, and the second. Um, it's been really good with the exception of they are now pulling the Isa the now per standard isekai trope of pulling magical abilities out of their ass. Which, oh, you know, on. every isekai gets to that point. Yeah, um, isekai's kind of fallen that trap. Like, yeah. most fantasy shows get to that point, eventually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because now we're getting to the point, by the way, characters are getting so powerful that now it's becoming difficult to fight them. Like, Ben and Maru in the second half, has a scene where he gets a new ability, he's almost as powerful as Rimuru now. Perfect. So. I love it. <laughs> Power scaling? Cool. What's cool. that? Benny Maru's great, so, like, it's not a bad thing. But the, it's just kind of a thing where, like... What the fuck is power scaling? What the fuck is, like, logical progression? We don't need yeah. that shit. Dude, it, yeah. it's but, uh, but no, but Rimuru, uh, what I love about the second season of Slime so far, this goes into the second half as well, the air that one that's airing right now is that this season really tests Rimuru as a protagonist. My dude's um, fucking snapped. And asks you to and asks you to try to see like, can you still root for somebody who is willing to go places like this? 
Um, and it's it's interesting. I like I like the angle that they went and the end and the decision he makes the end of season one is oh, wild. It's, it's wild. It's <laughs> fucking nuts, dude. <laughs> it's so crazy. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like he like it, it it goes from zero to sixty so quick. One second is just like, oh, I'm bu- I'm building up Tempest. Oh, we're making relations with neighboring countries. Isn't everything swell? And then the next minute he's like, I will literally kill everyone here, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally kill. And it's and it's wild. It's over the course of like an episode and a half, too. It's nuts. It's like, what the hell? Uh fucking I love Jackson. But I love Genocide. But yeah, it's really good. Slime is really good. Um, if you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's um, very it's, good. It's very good. I enjoy it quite a bit. Like that um, first core of season two, I think is better than the whole of season one. Agreed. No, I agree. And I, uh, I agree. I think season two is Can we also crazy. talk about how... Can we also talk about how um, Geld just went, like, ham? He did. He did go ham. He did go ahead. We have learnt that you do not make Geld angry. Do not fuck with Geld. Do not fuck with Gobiru. <laughs> Just don't mess with anyone in, like, the entire... Yeah, not even Gobta. Generation. Don't fuck with Gobta, okay? He looks like really? this stupid little Gobta? dorky... Gobta? <laughs> dorky goblin man. If but... you saw the first season, you know that Gobta does have some cool shit. This second season has some shit with Gobta that he does. He actually does stuff, and he can, fuck, he can fucking kick your ass. That's all I need to say. So... Good for him. Good for him. You know, good, good, good for them. Gobda in the second good season job, is the dude who like sees, and this is a touchy subject, but he sees like a woman who's like trying to exploit a man out in public to like turn people against him, and he will literally just walk up to her and be like, "Yo, bitch, I ain't seeing through your bullshit." Okay, <laughs> that is Gobda in season two. Gobda is is a G and a bro, and that's all. Gobda is a king. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting up. I'm not putting up with your toxic manipulation, bitch. Get out of my country. <laughs> Get out of my country. So yeah, uh, that's what Shane's watching. <laughs> pretty much slime. Pretty, pretty much slime, and also probably other stuff from last season. As Eventually, well. maybe he'll. He, I I don't know if he's finished three zero yet. Um, oh, I finished three zero. Three zero was wild, okay, just, dude. Okay, just good. Just making sure. ReZero was, uh, as you kids like to say it, Kino. Yeah. It is Listen, indeed Kino. Any, <laughs> any finale that puts my boy Otto in, in a suit? Hell yeah. That's my Otto. fucking boy. Otto is the, is the MVP of that goddamn season. That's a king uh, right again. there, boys. I've, king. But yeah, I think it's time we can move on from simulcasting because I don't think anyone else has anything else to discuss. So let's move on the simul pubs and obvious and uh so uh, uh so shane let's talk about one piece because um, <laughs> one piece do be crazy good this week it, yeah it do be crazy good it really do be like that um so let's talk about robin um uh, now we are as we are recording this on sunday the 15th and as of today there was no chapters for anything this week uh because the due to i believe it was the closing ceremonies in the olympics i think um, I don't know. All I know is that they were on break this week. I don't know. They why. Wanted to, yeah, jump was on. Most stuff was on break this week, so there was no chapters. Uh, so we're talking about mainly stuff that happened last week, and let's talk about Demon Robin. Yeah, uh, Robin's a giant demon lady now, uh, and it's awesome. 
Um, and she's hot. I mean, oh, she's always hot, Shane. She's but always now hot, she's Shane. even hotter because she's Satan. And Satan is hot. You, you know, fair enough. And also, like... Okay there, Paradise Lost. I mean, figuratively oh. and literally. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, fi- I mean, literally, like, he is made of fire. Yeah. Or, like, the Lord, like, he lives in fire. But in any case, um, but, like... <laughs> fuck. Um... <laughs> God damn it. Fucking Robin. <laughs> Demon. This, I love this moment for Robin because we don't usually get a moment like this for her often. Uh, she's not like a main fighter usually. Um, but I really like how they handle like like, like they handle her this arc. She's getting a lot to do. And I think this fight is actually my favorite fight in the, in the arc so far. At least in this section. In this act. Because uh, it's really good. Uh, and you get to see, and you get to statement. See just, well, it is bold, but but it's also like a big moment for Robin because we like it's like we get to see just how powerful she's got, and it's I I I I have been pushing for a moment like this for Robin for a very long time, uh, and I because I, I don't this is her this is her and his lobby moment. We haven't gotten like a moment for her like that ever. In the, yeah, in because the she was literally arc. kidnapped in Eddie's lobby. She was kidnapped in Eddie's lobby, and then throughout the rest of the arc, she wasn't given a chance to have that. Um, um, and this is her big end of lobby moment, where you get to see just how powerful she's gotten, and all her, and and stuff, and you get to see her new abilities, and it's really cool. And I want to see, and I, 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 and the way that demon, De- like the demon Robin's drawn, is really great, and I really I love that. like speaking of how she's drawn. I like that the design of Demon Robin is a throwback to her pre-time skip design. Same, which I actually prefer. I really to like. Pre- that. I actually prefer her pre-time skip design too. That's just mm-hmm. like a her with the, the, a... the the longer bangs and the darker skin. I like that Robin more visually. Yeah, same. Uh, uh yeah, same. I like. I've always been a bigger fan of that Robin compared to post-time skip Robin. Um, and I liked, and so I like how this is the throwback to that. So that was like, oh, so that's a nice touch. It's like it's she's symbolic. almost going. It's like she's yeah, she's like she's going back to her the time when she was like in, uh, when when she was in uh, Baroque works and stuff. And it reminds me of that. Just and it, give it, it, uh... Demon Robin the cowboy hat, and we're good. <laughs> yeah, just give, just give her the cowboy hat, and then if you want to go even more throwback, give her a southern accent like the four kids dubbed. Yeah. The um, best dub, you mean? <laughs> the dub that shall not be named. Um, dude, uh, the, the only good part of that dub was the guy who played Z- um, Zoro. Yeah, because he actually attempted. Yeah, he he, he he attempted to do to work with that. Yeah, well, because his guts and he's doing his guts voice as Zoro, which is a mm-hmm. good choice. But I get to say, it's good to yeah. see you, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know what that. Luffy. That was neither Mark Derizon or Christopher Sabat. That was something else. Yeah, I don't know who that, that was. That was Shane. Yeah, that was Shane. Solo voice. Shane Luffy. Solo. It's been a while, buddy. Okay. <laughs> What's a left or a right turn? I'm confused. <laughs> Luffy, and, uh, why and, did you blow yourself up to the size of a balloon? Luffy turned left dun, at the dun, next dun, stop. Dun, 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 dun. And, I, and did anyone catch up? And did everyone catch up on MHA? Of course. Yes. Yes, I did. Very good chapter. My God. Incredible chapter. Pain. Top Pain. tier. Literally, 
a character arc wrapped up. A character arc wrapped up and a nice little bow, and it's also satisfying. It's like the the perfect it's the it's perfect. perfect. My favorite I love my it. favorite part of that chapter is at the end when they bring Deku back to UA and there's all the, the, the mob in front of the gates that are like, isn't he the one who Shigaraki and all for one are after? We we can't feel safe around this guy. Get him out of here. And then just like that like look of like hopelessness washes over Deku and he turns away to walk away from UA. And then just, you know, very gently and very subtly, Uraraka just grabs his hand. He's, yeah, let's he's go just Uraraka. like, it, it's okay. Let's go Uraraka. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. I'm like, oh, oh. Actually, it's so cute. Listen, it's it's like, when are you two, okay. when are you two getting together? Come on. The, that whole yeah, fucking yeah. kind of like, like bit that she had where she was talking about how, you know, it was, it was Ida's job to catch you. It was Bakugo's job to get, to get you back. We're going to create a chain to protect you and make sure you never leave us again. And I'm like, oh my God. Baraka, you're a fucking sweetheart, and I love and, you. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, 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 and also Bakugo admitting all of his, uh, which is shitty so behavior. Good. Because and I, and I, listen, it only took him like 300 chapters, but let's go. I want to talk about how satisfying that is. Like fucking, like I don't normally see like rival characters do something like this. Yeah. And it's such a breath of fresh air for a character like this to say that to to admit that he was an asshole to admit that he fucked up multiple times and to for them to like almost like like to, to for them to find that friendship they had again like at like it like just like <laughs> start over from square one to an extent and then he calls him izuku which i was just like yeah yeah that was just yeah. I've been a while since i heard they, that name I, I really liked how they had it when he was saying it. It went from like when they were kids to when they were in great middle school to starting in high school to where they are now. I was like, damn, that yeah. was just golden. I, mean, yeah, I hope she really... knows how to panel shit. Yeah, it's I really I, fantastic. I genuinely blown away by that chapter. Like everything up up to it was great. You know, um, this arc has been incredible so far. This, this, this arc has been incredible, and it's really really nice to see. But just the that concept, though, of because a lot of people were like, Bakugo's great. And I'm like, yes, but Bakugo also multiple times told Deku to basically fucking off himself. And for him to finally be like, listen, dude, I was really shitty to you, but you still for some reason stuck by me. And I don't know why. And that upset me. And I'm sorry. That much. <clears throat> it's that's, oh, it's, that's the part it's that so gets good. me is that he 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 realizes and he voices that hey, I've done some really terrible things to you, and I don't deserve forgiveness. But I'm going to live up to what I've done. And I'm going to acknowledge my shortcomings. He could have just cut it. Cl he could have just cut it there and just like acknowledged yeah. what he did and then tried oh, to move on. It's the fact that he genuinely apologized to Deku on top of that that really, like, sealed the deal. Because he did... Yeah. He could have just cut it there and not apologized to his face, but the fact that he says, I'm sorry for what I've done directly like, to him just makes it that much more powerful. We live in a, in a real world where that concept is really difficult for some people to understand. Oh, yeah. 100%. To ge a genuine apology... 
that he that at that point everything that he had done that he's been thinking over and mulling over since Deku left was able to be let out and it was such a good moment and this might be my favorite Bakugo moment since the start of the series because it cements him as probably my favorite character in the series now he is um, such a up there I, wouldn't He's, say my favorite, but like definitely cements him as a really like top good three, like top three for me. Definitely like cements him as like the best supporting. Sorry, Spencer. No, it's fine. But like you get to see th- this character through the three hundred plus chapters, kind of start to have his edges. I wouldn't say cut off, but more so filed down. He's still an edge lord. His name is still fucking dynamite. He's still an angry son of a bitch. That's uh, King Explosion Murder, thank you very much. Sorry, King Explosion Murder Dynamite. Um, But now he's willing to talk to people and let his, his feelings and emotions be known. And that's great because this is a Bakugo that has gone through so much, has has sacrificed himself basically at the end of of the last arc in a mirrored image to what um to what Deku did back in the beginning uh just he's this perfect mirror now of what he was and I hope to god they can keep it because my biggest fear is that while that's really touching there's going to be something and he's going to revert back to normal and I don't want I don't that I think he will I don't, no, I don't, think, I don't think at this point in the story, I don't think he's going to do that because he's slowly been building up toward. Bobby I think becoming... they'll keep it. They'll keep him as being a little temperamental, probably because because that's in his character. For yeah, you sake. but I don't think that I think now going forward, we're going to see a much friendlier relationship between Deku and Bakugo. I think the two of them are going to have a much more like friendly, actual like. I think trying, be more like trying to yeah. I think it'll now. be like frenemies, if any, like really good frenemies. More I like, think it's like gonna a be... fri- the rivalry could be turns more f- like a friendly rivalry. Now. Yeah, I think it's going to be more like um, more like Asta and you know, you know, where there's a uh, rivalry. Yes. Who I love, but... by the way, my, one of my oh yeah, but like th- there's a rivalry, but the both, but you know, pushes Asta and Asta pushes you know to be better, and. They are there was never great, any animo- and never yeah, any animosity. There was never any issues or any upset or anger or betrayal. They were just good friends. I mean, Asta could have been upset with you know you know for getting the uh, the four clover uh, grimoire, but instead he was super happy and he even tried to you know defend his friend. And that's just a really good rivalry that I hope MHA can kind of take over now. I definitely think it's going that direction. I definitely, I, I think that's the direction it's going. But I it's think Matt will understand this one. I think Matt will understand this one too. I think it's also a bit of a Natsu Gray kind of relationship. Yeah, yeah, Natsu and Gray. Well, I also really love. I love their dynamic, and um, and it definitely, it almost seems like that this arc was kind of like that moment when um, in the final section of Fairy Tale, um, uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah, with with Natsu and Gray, and then after, yeah, it definitely feels like that, and I like that 
So I definitely, it definitely seems like that. But now, now that that's done, he's back in UA and stuff. It's like I don't know where the story's going now. Um, I don't know where they're gonna, like, what direction the story is gonna go now. Like, are they gonna head up to end? Are we going to end game stuff now and get into the final section, or do we still have other, another school related arc to go to? I, I think I would, have, I would imagine. Knowing how my hero works is that after this is another school arc. I'm gonna. It's I'm, either gonna be school arc, like or like a brief set of like just rest until Deku has to take his exams because he's fucking left school for goddamn. Deku has to Deku take his makeup exams. Deku has to take night school. Deku faces <laughs> night Deku faces arc. the challenges of still being in class one while everyone else is in class two now. My Deku, hero. No, they're still in class one. They're still in class one. Yeah, they're still in class one. Damn yeah, it. remember they got held back because of everything. They got happened. held back because of everything. They got held back. Deku held back has to and face. Still, be... don't know. I would have. I don't know how many people be held back. Mm-hmm. I I have like I was like, and we have no indication um, on how many uh, how many uh, people in you like how many people in their like year group got held back. I, I'm gonna imagine just class one A is the only one that got held back. I I would imagine. Deku has to deal with the consequences of academic probation. Well, one B was also involved in it too, so maybe then as well. But we don't know. We don't know the specifics yet. Don't you dare disrespect my boys and girls. If I was Horikoshi, I would put them both back just because they're both there, and it would mean if if two, if one B, uh, would now now in their second year, they wouldn't be interacting as much, and now lose out on interactions. So if I was Horikoshi, you would lose out on the best character. It would, just be, it would just be easier. Actually, sorry, no. Fuck it. Fuck it. If you say Monoma, I'm going to make sure that it's in 2B so that way we don't see that motherfucker again. I'm, I'm going to mute you so you can never voice your opinions ever again. He is the best. I no, muted him. He can never he can never voice his opinions ever again. Spencer <laughs> is now dead. Spencer yep. is now dead. Spencer unfortunately died on the way back to his home planet. It, uh, it's a real will, shame. We will hold the funeral for Spencer in a couple weeks. Hmm? Guilty Shane strive, more like guilty Shane dive because okay. he should dive I off am, a dock. I am muted him. Okay, <laughs> love you, buddy. Yeah, I love he's you. Un, he is unmuted. Uh, so, who's excited for Deku has to deal with the consequences of academic probation? Oh, Deku! Oh, <laughs> oh me, oh, dude. Deku, no, the next arc. Wow, look at this! Isn't it the consequences of my own action? Class one A has to learn how to do their taxes. Class yeah, okay, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When are we going to get the arc where Deku finally gets together with Uraraka? Uh, no. That's going to be never. I will. I hopefully next chapter. No. Um. Uh, no. Please, but what, I will. Horikoshi happen... pay you any amount of money, please. Mm-hmm. Bro, he's already a fucking that... millionaire. Like, is that? I'll make Deku... him a billionaire. Deku goes against his greatest enemy of all. Not Shigaraki. Not all for one. The IRS. He forgot to pay his taxes. Turns Dude, out that when Deku was a vigilante, he, he, he did tax evasion. Uh, it turns out that Deku is actually working for UFO, UFO table this whole time. It turns God. out that being a vigilante in the My Hero universe gets you arrested and paid for tax, tax evasion. It does, and also it, though, a because there are vigilantes. Yeah, and it's a really good spinoff. Yeah, being a vigilante gets you a spinoff. <laughs> Dude, Slide and Glide is one of the coolest quirks. And it's only gotten cooler. All right, uh, I think let's move on to trying to move on to some news that we got. Uh, who here likes JoJo? Yeah, let's go, let's go. 
I mean, I'm 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 a, I'm a fan. I mean, of I mean, I'm kind of a fan, I guess. Jojo. I like right, the, I so... like the Jojos. The Jojos. Well, uh, well, we know we finally know when part when the Fable Part Six is coming. So let's read on. A live scene event for the anime series adaptation of Hirohiko's uh, <laughs> Araki's Jojo Bizarre Adventure uh, Stone Ocean manga revealed the show's promotional video, staff, uh, cast, and key visual on Sunday. The event also revealed the anime will premiere exclusively on Netflix worldwide in December and then air on television in Japan in January on Tokyo MX, MBS, and BS11. The below video has English subtitles so there was a trailer for it i'm gonna assume everyone here has seen it because yep. you know okay listen i i'm i'm not gonna be the only one but i'm gonna say it my friendship is ended with uh giorno's piano jolene's guitar is my new best friend ah uh, spencer get the fuck friend, out of here friendship ended like like Josh, did you listen to that snippet of her theme? Yes, I did, but Joro's theme is still so better. Get the fuck out of here. good. We don't even have the full thing yet, and I'm like, fuck yeah. This no, is going to be insane Joro's theme is still better. until the ending. Okay, but we have a full we have a full Jorno's theme. We do not have a full Jolene's theme. And, and a full Jolene theme? What am I still going to say? That Jorno's is still better. Man loves the Jorno's theme. This is great. I'm so excited. Like, um, like, I'm just fucking pumped, and I'm thinking that because it's Netflix, they might just release the whole thing. I, I don't, we don't know that yet. Uh, we yeah. don't know that. Um, but yeah, David Production is returning to produce the series. Kenichi Suzuki is returning from parts one and three as the chief director, and Toshiki Kato, who is the director on both Diamond is Unbreakable and Thus Spoke Kishibe Rohan, will be the director of this. So if we have. So it's interesting is that they're not going with the part four and five team. They're going with the OG team with this one. Yasuko Kobayashi is returning from the previous anime to handle the writing. And Masahiro Shino, who worked on Black Lagoon, No Guns Life, and Gungrave, is the character designer. Um, and Sunichi Ichimoto, who was the chief animation director on Golden Wind, will be returning as the chief animation director on this. Um, yeah, Yoshikazu Inomari is returning as sound director, so get ready for, um, fucking your speakers to explode. Um, get ready for JoJo's sound design, yeah. Rip yeah, the mic from with. And Yugo Kano is returning from Parts D and 5 as composer. As such, because, and we can tell, though, because the banner that was in the fucking, uh, uh, the, uh, the thing uh in the in the video they pretty did, much get ready for a whole bunch of bases yeah pretty much um now this is on netflix now they said this is netflix exclusive and they did con that it will be a worldwide simultaneous release so everyone's going to get it at once in december on the same day uh it's not going to be like what anime in japan and normally is where it's they they air it and then it takes like five months to come out here high b stars um but instead, it's going to be, it's going to be all at once. I, I think it's like it's all getting in December. We don't know if it's all at once, though. We haven't confirmed the episode count. Mm. They haven't even confirmed it's the whole thing. We do know that it will no longer be airing on Toonami, though. Uh, so rip Toonami. They lost JoJo to Netflix. Uh, rip. Imagine uh, losing Absolute Which is Tino. a big deal because it was one yeah. of their most popular series. So, 
uh, uh, so they just they losing JoJo is going to be a big is going to be a it's a big loss for Toonami. Um, that being said, they can still air Golden win. <laughs> they can still air yeah, Golden they can still rerun. They can still rerun. You know, past parts. Um, actually, I don't know if they can. Okay, uh, there was an indication that maybe that they lost all of it to Netflix, but um, um, I mean, it's also Nef- interesting. Netflix doesn't have part five yet, so yet, <laughs> yet. Um, I think they. Will, I think they'll get it. I think if they're getting part six, they'll. I'll have to get it. Uh, and if they don't get it, why don't they? It's the best part that's so uh, like animated so far. So like, what the fuck? But whatever. I mean, um, that's up for debate. I think it's not. It's not up for debate. I think no, part five, five is incredible, especially with how they completely fixed the manga issues. Uh, but part four still is my favorite part. Agreed. Okay, sorry. Part five, that's, but part that's five. Animated. Part five has part five. Has yes. had no, has the best cast of the entire series, I would argue. So there's that. Wait till part seven. Also, the best animation in terms of the anime. Yeah, it, it, animation wise, it's the first part I feel like to really nail uh, the JoJo art style and actually keep the animation really fluid and stuff. Because I mean, JoJo's always kind of had an issue with that. That is also, I'll say, from an art style perspective, because it, it wasn't really until part five that Araki got his art. Because even in part four, it was his art, but it was still kind of clinging on to that Fist of the North Star parts one through three style. Um, part five is just is just homoerotic as fuck. And and part six, we have weather report, or I forget what they call him, weather forecast. Yes. Which yeah, it, I'm so excited for more. Uh, JoJo um, sub translations because they can't get the actual license to the songs that fucking Iraqi decided to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, stuff that's coming out uh, in the in, in the future, who here is a fan of basketball anime? I mean, the only Nobody? one I've seen is Kuroko, and Kuroko's like done. So Kuroko was done. good, but I'm more Kuroko of a fan of good. other sports like volleyball. Okay, but who? No, but uh, so, but Shane, you should be watching Slam Dunk because Slam Dunk's really good. Speaking of Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk is coming back. Um, uh, the, so the official website for the new anime film of Takahiko Inoue's Slam Dunk basketball manga posted a new video on Friday. The video announces the film's fall 2022 opening and listed many of the staff members. Inoue is personally directing the film himself at Toei Animation and writing the script, so he, it's all him. Uh, among the listed staff members are character designer and animator Yasuki Ibata, who worked on Cabinary the Iron Fortress, and technical directors Katsuhiko Kitada, who worked on Attack on Titan, Naoki Miyahara, who worked on Digimon Adventure, Toshi Onoshi, uh, Toshio Anashi, who worked on Leu D, and Yu Katamani, who worked on Precure. Uh, Daiki, Nazuka, uh, uh, Daiki uh, Nakazawa is directing the CG for, this, for it, and it, Yuko Ogata is also going to be producing the cg okay so if you if anyone here has not seen slam dunk which is probably everyone else because i'm the only one who's i think seen it that is um, correct watch very slam true. dunk watch slam dunk because it's very See, good problem yes what's the problem i don't watch sports anime yeah because you're a Megalobox. loser yeah but like mega is an exception it i'm sorry is boxing not a sport to you it is, but like make a little boxing an exception because it's amazing. 
Loose I mean, logic, but okay. Loose logic. Uh, but yeah, I just you stared have... so goddamn hard at my laptop. Listen, dude. it's chalk logic. Yeah. yeah. But okay, if you haven't seen Slam Dunk, go watch Slam Dunk. It's all on it's all on uh Country Roll. All the entire series is on there. It's very good. Uh it is one of there's a reason why it is regarded as one of the best sports anime and manga ever made. It is a spectacular series that has ba- if you like if you like Taikyu, you'll like Slam Dunk because they're very similar. Uh, okay. in a lot of ways. Uh, I also forgot and, that Slam Dunk was Toei. It is. It was it was one of Toei's uh big heavy hitters in the nineties. Um and Slam Dunk, um for all intents and purposes, uh basketball is one of the most popular sports in Japan. Slam Dunk is the reason. When Slam Dunk was coming out, it straight up made basketball more popular. It made basketball into a national sport. I, I, I love the thought of like Slam Dunk starting uh, its serialization and it get like a huge following and like the entire Japanese populace is like, man, basketball's sick as fuck. We should it's start playing much. it. <laughs> the, entire, much. the entire That's- Japanese populace goes, Wait a second. If I put orange ball in hoop, I get points? Yeah. Takahiko, I love in fact, orange ball. In fact, Takahiro Inoue actually has a special commendation from the ba- Japanese Basketball Association for literally popularizing basketball in You Japan are the reason why the sports exists in our country. Have an award. <laughs> that you are the reason why this sport is as popular as it is now because of Slam Dunk. And if so, if. If you haven't checked it out, go watch Slam Dunk. It's a great series. Viz, Viz has, I'm pretty sure, the entire manga as well on their site. They have it on the Shonen Jump app. You can read it. So if you don't want to watch it, you can just read it. And the art is incredible because uh, Ta- uh, Inoue is one of those uh, artists where he his art is super realistic. And he goes for realism over anything else. So every panel of Slam Dunk looks like it's a painting. And it's incredible. So if you like really good art go read just go read slam dunk because it's a great example of that um but i'm really excited for this uh i'm a little concerned that they said cg in there um i mean it's a it's a modern toei production if there's going to be cg involved in some way yeah but at the same time for slam dunk is a little bit more like hmm, I, i'm a little bit more i'm a little bit more uh concerned than anything else but in any case look at that uh, camera move we- around that ball Wow, yes. look at it go! Wow, it's look, it's sweaty men playing with their balls. Wow, look at those individual droplets wow. of sweat on the court. You just named like 17 sports. Exactly. Uh, and Josh is just there. I in the love back, sports, like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm just, I he's, love just he's just playing landscape. Don't, don't, suffer. yeah, just Dude, don't worry I'm about watching it. like, as long as there's at least one sports anime per season, I'm going to watch that sports anime. AKA Remain, which. Yes, it's a show. Remains good. It's good. It's good. No, it's it, it is good, but uh, it's water polo, and it's kind of confusing. And I literally well, have not it, heard a single thing about it since it started airing. It's, well, it's, it's just, because nobody because anime because the season's dead. Yeah, uh, I guess you know. Remain is good. Uh, it's a Mappa show, so you know it looks good. And um, water polo is an interesting sport that I wish I knew more about. Speaking of uh, speaking of stuff that I wish I knew more about, 
<laughs> the gap the anime of the podcast um uh let's let's i think it's time we move on to our featured anime of the podcast because we're done with news so uh as i mentioned before our featured anime of the podcast is the uh historical drama is the historical adventure drama golden you know golden comedy uh, directed by Hitoshi Nanba and written by Noboru Takagi uh, from Gino Studio, uh, and it and, uh, and currently licensed by Funimation. If you haven't, if you ha- and if you haven't seen Golden Conway, uh, one, what are you doing? Second, go and in the description you can go find uh, Golden Conway over on both Crunchyroll and Funimation. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um, the available on both. I think Crunchyroll's got sub, Funimation's got dub. That is correct. That is, and all is three seasons are fully dubbed. So if you're in English, yes, they viewer, are. They are fully dubbed. It's uh, there. Uh, you go. Fo- uh, it's good to see the said third season, especially fully dubbed, because that was one of the it's also a of very it. good dub. Yeah, it's oh, it's incredible. Excellent. It's my uh, it's one of my favorite dubs I've I've seen. Period. Uh, and uh, and it's good to see the third season dubbed, especially considering that was one of the victims of the pandemic. It came out. Yep. Uh, uh, so, but it's a uh, good to see. But it's so it's good to see though that that season is fully dubbed, so you can. Go not have to worry. Just watch it whatever language you want. Uh, we're gonna be covering all three seasons. Uh, I'm going to give a quick premise before we talk about each individual season, uh, because I don't want to repeat myself three times, pretty much. Uh, uh, here, so Golden Conway. Golden Conway technically takes place sometime. I want to say like around like the 1910s. I'm pretty sure like. Like 1910s. It um, is the end of the Russo-Japanese War, so it is at the turn of the 20th century. So it's late like, 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, like early 1900s, like turn of the 20th century in Japan. Um, and we follow Saichi Sugimoto, who is a veteran um, of the war, who is a veteran of the Russo-Japanese War, uh, who has gone through a bunch of shit. Um, but he is also known as the as Sugimoto the Immortal uh, because he has survived numerous <laughs> numerous uh encounters with death and has survived to tell the tale and is just, and is just kind of nuts um to an extent as well because of that um one day he is approached by an old man who d- who tells him a legend of goals um uh and that can be found by finding that can be found by following a map of these tattoos which are all located on these group of convicts that have escaped this prison uh Sugimoto eventually learns that yes, he's actually telling the truth that this is not bullshit. Um, and he te- and after dealing with a after an incident with a bear, um, uh, is saved by a young Ainu girl named Aspira. Aspira wants the gold because she wants vengeance for her father since she he was an Ainu miner that was betrayed, in an in who was also trying to get this gold. So the two of them team up for their own personal reasons. To go and find the map so they can go find the gold. It becomes a treasure hunt, basically. And then all hell breaks loose. Uh, just chaos, pretty fucking much. Uh, Golden Conway is a very difficult show to describe because it is every genre at once. Uh, it is a show that bounces between weird, bizarre comedy, dark, grim, uh, uh, drama, high octane action, personal conflict, cooking show, like it's like it's just everything. It's also, also, uh, very homoerotic. 
Extremely so, yes. Um, and we're going to be talking about all three seasons here. So let's start out with the first season of Golden Comedy, which aired for 12 episodes from April 9th, 2018 to June 5th, 2018. So Shane, what do you think of Golden Conway's first season? Well, I mean, you mentioned homoeroticism in Golden Conway, and uh, just letting you know, there's an arc in the manga that the anime cut that's literally about a, a couple of gay Yakuza men. They cut that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, they fought a red bear. It was cool. Um, what the, why did they cut it? Beats me, man. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Matt, you asked me how I like Golden Conway, and I, I can't help but look over at my shelf to my right where I see every available volume of the manga currently released in English. And I think to myself, I might be a fan of Golden Kamui. I don't know. It just, it just feels like it, you know? Just feels like I like this shit. You know, just, um, it's just, just, it's just a little bit. He likes it just, just a, a tiny bit. It might be a good show. But, I mean, who's to say? Uh, it's no, right. it's tight. It's tight. It's tight. It, it mid. <laughs> <laughs> If I if I if I said that unironically, I would kill myself because Golden Conway's pure you know, fucking watchable. fiction. It's watchable. Yeah, it's a show you can watch. Um, it is an, it is an anime with animation. Um, uh, it's got moving direct. pictures, <laughs> script. Yeah, voice acting. <laughs> but yeah, Go Golden Conway's Golden Conway's peak fucking fiction, and it's not only one of my favorite anime, but it's also my favorite manga. I love Golden Conway. So fucking much. And season one is the perfect introduction to this universe. It gives you everything you need to know in a nice brisk 12 episodes. And introduces you to a majority of the main cast who are all incredibly written characters. Like, each character is so unique and interesting in their own special way. Um, It's got drama it's got adventure it's got dumb bullshit comedy it's got action it's got gore it's got political intrigue it's got uh teachings of an aboriginal civilization it's got cooking it's literally got anything you could ever expect a show to have and then some and i think that's part of the reason why i love it so much because golden conway is literally a juggling act of so many different genres and topics and things of the such. And yet any other show would, like, cave under the weight of all of this. Golden Conway does it with such fucking finesse and confidence. It's frankly an insult to other shows. Golden Conway's just over here like, yeah, bitch, look at what I can do. Can you do that? I don't think so. Um, And it's just, it, it's, it's so good. However, season one, I think, is the weakest out of the three recovering. It's still phenomenal, but it definitely has the uh, the weakest material. Weakest material. So what do you think of Golden Comedy? Well, the first season, at least. So, I'm trying to remember, because I was reading it at the time. Did I tell you to watch Golden Comedy, Shane, or did you watch it of your own accord? I watched it of my own accord. Okay. It was one of the ones on his radar. The, the season that it aired, it was one of the shows on his radar. So, anybody who, who knows me knows I'm a big fan of history. Such a big fan. It's one of my degrees. 
Golden Conway is a lot of things. And as we go on, we're going to probably keep hammering that point down. That <clears throat> it is a lot of different genres. And it balances them perfectly. Um, I think that it's it's framing device of the end of the Russo-Japanese War, which, little side note for those of you who don't know, the Russo-Japanese War was one of the wars that basically made Japan a major power because nobody was expecting the small island of Japan uh, with their samurais and they're just getting used to the guns. And their Akira Kurosawas. Yeah, to defeat the the sheer force that was the Russian um, army. And a lot of the battles, like the battle that um, it'll be revealed that um, Sugimoto lost his friend at, I think it was Port Hope, uh, was Port one of Arthur. the battles, Port Arthur, was yeah, one of the, the battles battle at 203 of, Hill. Yep, was the battle in which the Japanese got decimated. They were destroyed by the Russians. But they somehow fought back and defeated the Russian army and stopped, halted their entire advancement. It, it's incredible. Um, it also is a big plus when I see uh, native involvement. So the Ainu, for those of you who, who don't know that are listening, are basically the native people of Japan and southern Russia. Um, to put it kind of easily. And the Ainu language that they use is accurate. The Ainu customs that they have are accurate. And aside from being an incredible show, if you want to learn about the Ainu peoples, uh, you could just watch it for that and have an incredibly well-made like action, comedy, drama, shonen... Cooking show. Romance. Yeah, cooking show. Uh, and you could be fine. In fact, when we were initially talking about... Uh, talking slash joking about the month of Spoon for our, one of our themed month doing four weeks of cooking shows, Golden Conway was in that list because Golden Conway is straight up a cooking show at, at points. It's frankly impressive how much of Golden Conway revolves around cuisine. For yeah. it being a historical drama set Ina, in early early nineteenth century Japan, <laughs> well, I feel like it makes Ina. sense because they're they're traveling through like a wilderness for most of it. So of course, a lot of it's going to be about survival, and it's that. And because of that, they're going to have to learn how to cook food. And the Ainu, well, the Ainu work with what nature has given them, pretty much. And so they know all of these different techniques to like basically survive out in the wilderness more than Tsukimoto does. So he learns from the Ainu. Mm-hmm. Which makes complete sense. This is like that's why there's so much cooking in this. I think that's why it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, uh Josh, what did you think of the first season of Golden Conway? Riveting, riveting. Go, nice. I think. I did incredible. he die again? He, he has died. He is now. He is, he if might he have gone went to pee. fucking pee while we were discussing our first impressions, I'm going to go to his house and strangle him. 
Listen. Control your fucking bladder, Josh. Listen. She had to go pee. <laughs> I like water. It is good for you. I mean, yes, I do too, but, yes, but I'm not my, peeing like, every listen, five okay, seconds. Okay, so yes, my first impressions on Golden Comley. Um, this show is good. This show is really good. <laughs> um, for my first time watching, it was a little confusing because. There's a lot. There is a lot that goes into it. Luckily, I had Shane to be like, yeah, this happens and this happens. And I was like, Shane, what happens here? And he got me. But apart from that, like, goddamn, the show was good. Amazing characters, amazing, like, artwork. The opening, I don't know if anyone's talking about. Yeah, the opening slaps. Oh, we'll talk oh, about no. the opening. There's three of them. But yeah, like, literally everything. It's just a really, really great show. The writing is amazing. It's a really good show. And plus, like, it's set in the Meiji area, which... I love shows set in the Meiji period. Because, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. guns, but also swords. Yeah. yeah. Got a cool, it's, like, it's, like a it's like the mishmash between, like, pure militarization and, like, classic samurai stuff. I love yeah. it. It's a, and it's you literally really... see that clash in Golden Conway. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yes, you do. We yep. had... We're basically... The Meiji restoration has just happened around this point. And the Emperor is back in power, but Samurai are still around. They're just slowly losing their powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so Golden Conway's a show that I had actually watched as a... Like, I was initially watching as it was coming out. I saw... I... I don't know if... I, I was... I think I was one of the first people to watch it in the... In, uh, like, out of the three of us. Out of the four of us. Uh, to watch it. Um, that being said, I fell behind pretty quickly because I was watching a lot that season. Golden Comedy was one of the ones that tragically kind of fell by the wayside. And I never got around to finishing it because new seasons kept coming out. So I was just like, damn, it just kept building, building. So I had already, so going into this, I had already seen half of the first season, but it had been a while. So I just started from square one again when we were doing this rewatch. Um, and yeah, uh, Golden Comedy is really good. It's crazy good. I love like this first season. What it does really well is that it sets everything up like really efficiently too. Um, uh, that first episode, I was I am reminded to how good it is uh, in that it sets up everything extremely well. It makes a, it puts it it put it puts everything you need to know about the basic premise of the show within like twenty four minutes. While at the same time giving you a really good like standalone episode of the of like narrative of like of like the narrative, uh, it's just a it just the like the entire first season just in itself really works as like a good kind of like twelve episode standalone the standalone thing while also building the future. I just really like I just really really like how they structured that first structure that first season and i know i don't know how i don't i haven't read the mangas i don't know how much they cut from the <laughs> i'm gonna guess quite a bit from what shane has described um uh but i really but i really really liked that first season so let's move on to favorite episodes uh spencer what was your favorite episode of the first season of golden kamui uh, my favorite episode of season one is episode 11 Everybody get together. It's a murder hotel. Murder do hotel. any of you have anything other than this episode? Because if you do, you're wrong. I was going to say, uh, I debated some other ones, but I had to go with the murder this one because uh, 
this one. This one's something. This one's something else. This, this one's something episode. See, here's, went... here's the problem. Mm-hmm. You have one. Now just fucking with you. I'm fucking okay. with you. I got episode 11. Okay. Fucking <laughs> murder hotel. <laughs> this episode is a fucking trip, dude. This is the moment where I think Golden Calm. If you if you're not ready for Golden Calm, if you if you are not ready for it, it's gonna catch you by surprise. It's gonna like what? It's nuts. This, this show will just throw you for a loop. Like you gotta be prepared. You gotta be ready for this <laughs> shit, man. You gotta be ready for like serial killers who get horny uh, over fantasizing about how they're gonna die. There's murder hotels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's taxidermists who fucking create fashion out of human body parts. There is a serious conversation about the male genitalia and how uh. sometimes, sometimes it shrinks and grows. It's just normal. Hey, okay. Matt, did you know it gets bigger and smaller? It's, smaller. it's, it's why, just natural. Why, why am I here? It's why just na- I, here? I thought it's I saw one at the beach once. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, a Sherpa. Who a gave Sherpa. That it doesn't child... matter how big it is. What's important is if he has this, the dick this, of a gentleman. Oh, dick Senta, senpai. Oh, why am I here? So I, so I picked episode 11 because it's the best episode of season one. It, it, it melds all the different tones and genres that Golden Kamui has into one perfectly stupid, action-packed, suspenseful episode. And it also has one of the best scenes in the entire series with the dick the dick conversation. The, the, I the love dick conversation. Dude, I cannot tell you when I first watched this episode how much I fucking died laughing. Like, it was... I was hysterical for like 15 to 20 minutes of just the concept just killed me it's my 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 my, my, i'm with shane here though like that like my favorite thing about it is that like he said it's like it's it's a like this episode is like one really action-packed yet so dumb it's so dumb and it's just the kind, but it's so perfectly dumb in that golden Kamui way, where everything just, where everything just works. And I, my favorite thing about it, is that the episode, when the episode ends, it's like they, it's like they, they never speak about it again. No, either. they don't. They go it's to the horse races one... the next episode, and they act like it yeah. never happened. And no, it's like they, 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 they check it. The episode starts with them checking into this hotel. All shit breaks loose. They. Fucking, and then the episode ends, and they're walking away, and this episode's never referenced again. And nope, I, no. that's my favorite thing about it, is that it's that's so in line with Golden Kamui. This that episode is just, this episode is the epitome of Golden Kami. Golden Kami? Golden Kami. Literally, the only thing about this episode that's referenced in the future is when Ushiyama meets up with the group later on in season two, and he interacts yeah. with a Sherpa, and she still has the fish cake. <laughs> Yes. Dick Sensei. Wait, you still have that? <laughs> oh my. Yep. Dude, the whole. F- okay, so like. Golden Kamui is equal parts a really intelligent show while also being the dumbest thing I've seen. Oh, yes. Oh, like, yes. Like. Golden Kamui. 
is the kind of show that comes along once a generation where it is a genuinely good show. However, it will also have a lot of moments that will make you go, dude, what the fuck? What? What is happening? Why is it? Who? What? Where? Why is a Sherpa when, why, drinking? How? Exactly. Why is a Sherpa drinking a bunch of beer? Why is uh, Ushi Ushiyama? Ushi... Ushiyama. Ushiyama. Why is Ushiyama talking about it doesn't matter what, what they have if they have the dick of a gentleman? Why is he getting crushed by a building? <laughs> like, why, is, why is the building exploding? Exploding? Oh. Uh, Fucking, it. it's, just, it's just nuts. It's just a bonkers nuts, and I love it. It's just, I love every second of this episode. Exactly. Speaking of stuff I love, let's talk about characters, because Golden Conway has great characters, and it's hard to pick a favorite uh, in a in in, a, in the list of dumbasses that that is Golden Conway's cast. But Shane, pick your who's favorite your favorite idiot? Who's your favorite idiot? From I Shane, am the immortal Golden Sugimoto. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm gonna, have, yeah, I'm with Shane. Yeah, if you pick Shane. anyone other than Sugimoto for this first season, you're frankly insane because Sugimoto is the perfect fucking protagonist. Like he's just the right amount of active and passive. He 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 genuinely interacts with the rest of the cast and gets involved in what's happening. But he's also the perfect audience surrogate. Like it, it, he's the perfect blend of those two character archetypes, while also being an incredibly complex character, a stupid piece of shit. <laughs> And just the the biggest, most lovable, charming goof, ever. Yeah, I I fell in love with him as soon as he decided to punch a bear. That's the like, first episode, Matt. Exactly. That's when I fell in love with him. So, I fell, I fell in love, love with him with when him he as dived. Cool as I saw his face. Yeah, true. I fell in love with him when he decided that he was gonna dive into a bear den, screaming, "Fuck mm -hmm. it, I am immortal." <laughs> yeah. And he is immortal. Stay. He owns this bear now. He just. Yeah, I mean, I'm new mama. Um. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, the rest stated, of you talk about Sugimoto. He he was my husbando of the year. Like he's a perfect. He was mine man. in 2018 as well. Yeah. Yeah, he's the perfect man, uh, who cares about his comrades, and but also will like kill things if he needs to uh he is a himbo oh he is the definition of a himbo he is peak, a peak himbo peak himbo energy with sugimoto the immortal um and he just plays off of the other characters whether they're like like whether they're like ogata you know where they're like super stoic and they don't really say much or shiraishi which is an equal parts dumb it stupid idiot man um or a sherpa where he where she he's kind of like a father figure to her um and you can tell that he cares and he's just he's just class a from like a design standpoint where he still ha he still wears his japanese um army you army uniform and he has Which that really very cool, iconic by the way very iconic and he has that really cool like um like uh scarf that he has for a while um 
But it's just he's just a perfect character for this first season to introduce us to the world of Golden Conway. And he's just a uh, he's he's a gentleman and a scholar, and we we appreciate him. Agreed. Yeah, I, honestly, you hit the nail on the head. I can't really, I, I don't have anything to disagree with. He's just a great protagonist, and I and I love a show that has like a, just a really good protagonist like this. And he, uh, and he care he carries pretty much this entire first season on his back for the most part, which is saying something considering the fact that the cast is so good. Uh, but. He pretty much he pretty much carries the entire first season by himself, and it's really great. Uh, Josh, is there anything you want to add? Or honestly, you guys pretty much summarize it perfect. Mm-hmm. All righty. Uh, I'll let Sugimo favorite... step on me. Okay, okay Shane, let's not go there. Okay, okay, Shane. Uh, well, let's move on to least favorite characters from season one because there must be a least because it was a favorite must always come a least favorite. Shane, do you have a least favorite from season one? Raise your hand if you hate the Nakaido brothers. Yeah, uh, because I do, and they suck. I and don't like them. them. Which one just, were they again? Just, they were the ones that were torturing Sugimoto from like fucking episode five ish. Uh, oh, like, okay, season. yes, yeah, fuck those guys. Yeah, I don't yeah. like them. Yeah, I hate them because they're just they're just insufferable assholes for the sake of being insufferable assholes, and there's the literally needed... yeah, go ahead. There's literally no redeeming qualities about them. Uh, and then one of them dies, uh, and the other gets both of his ears cut off and goes insane, which, good, he deserves it. Okay, yes, uh, so it is that character, okay. Um, uh, it, it's, a case of, it's a case of, like, the show needed assholes at that point. Like, I get why they're there. Uh, like, the show needed these kind these characters to be there. Uh, they, they, there was no other place to put them, but, like, at the same time, it's like... I, I it's like uh, I hate characters like this because it's like oh we need an asshole we need asshole characters what's yeah. the what's the what is their what is their uh, uh their personality soul oh, okay well then I guess they guess they're an asshole fuck, and they're they're like the most one no assholes you could possibly imagine they're not like sophisticated insane assholes like Sarumi they're not the stoic brooding asshole like that Ogata is they're Ogata just is, yeah, Ogata. Yeah. They're just dicks. <laughs> they just they're just they're just dicks. <laughs> they don't have a reason either. Like o- Ogata has a reason for doing what Ogata's he's... an interesting character and I like him quite a bit. Oh, yeah, he has no, motivation. He has a legit a motivation. These, pretty much all the antagonists in the show have some form of motivation. Yeah. Except oh, we'll talk the about we'll talk about Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about Sarumi in a bit, obviously. But yes. um it's a case of like, um, yeah. It's a case of the Nakaido brothers just suck. Like, I just, I was like, in terms of villains, like they're like some of the one least interesting villains in the series. Uh, they aren't around that long though, which is good. Uh, they, they don't like, they don't dwell on them too often, which is good. So they just, they after their episode, they they go away. They they, they go away. They don't, you don't see them. And then so. the one that survives gets uh, relegated to a uh, comic relief character. Congratulations which on your new leg, which is admittedly, which is, which is admittedly a much better place for him to be at. So, you know, yeah, congratulations you know. on your new leg. Cheers! Kampai! Yeah. <laughs> hey, I was about to sneeze, but I didn't fucking uh, help. Um, but yeah, so everyone's got the Nakaido brothers. It's really nice. Uh, let's talk about other stuff I really like about this show. Like... The OP, because I want to talk about that OP for season one, because it's 
it's, it's um, man with a mission. <laughs> long and line and road, right? Obviously, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about each one individually, but... Yes. Man, that first OP, dude. I, ooh. I, I don't know if this is my favorite, because I, li- okay, I really, really like the third season's OP a lot, but... Same. Um, but I... I have a soft spot for Man with a Mission. If you, if people, they are a amazing band, and no one can take that away from them. I, Nobody I, like, can they, take like, that they away. Like, 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 I will like. Even the new My Hero P, even though the visuals are pretty weak, has a fucking banging ass song, and it's just because of my my Man with a Mission. And I love I just, everything with Man. And this is one of honestly, I think Winding Road is one of my favorites from them. Uh, I really do. Someday love it. we will find out the truth. And and the animation on it is actually real. It's actually pretty. For me, the big the thing middle. is just the the guitar <laughs> intro in the beginning gets me, man. Yeah, agree. Yeah. It's just, it's just... So that, of course, comes from our friend John Ken Johnny, who also does the rap. Uh, there's Tokyo Tanaka, John Ken Johnny, Kamikaze Boy. DJ Santa Monica <laughs> and Spear Rib. Spear and Rib. Spear Rib plays the drums, dude. And with support <laughs> me- members E. D. Vetter. Man with a mission is a perfect mm-hmm. band. Send tweet. They all, yeah, dude, they all wear wolf heads. They do. They're great. Uh, they're absolutely fa- they're absolutely fantastic. fantastic. Also, uh, the E. D. is really good too. Yes. Um, oh, all the E. D. S. are fucking great some of my favorite eds actually and i'm gonna take a second to talk about the dub because the dub is incredible i'm with spencer on this the dub is Um, one of the best in recent years thank you um, Sinclair. funimation Funimation kills it uh and they do an absolutely fantastic job i'm not joking this is what started me being a big fan of ian sinclair was his voice work as sugimoto the immortal because up until then i knew of ian sinclair I just had never really, I couldn't pick about, but the moment that I heard him do his famous, you know, I am immortal, uh, I'm Sugimoto the Immortal, uh, I'm just like, yeah, no, this is going to be one of my favorite voice actors, hands down. Yeah. And um, Mo- uh, Monica Rial as a Sherpa. A Sherpa, she's and, great too. And uh, Mon- ben- Mon- I love Monica Rial, and she, uh, she's a perfect, like, who else is going to play a Sherpa? Monica Rial's like the perfect casting. Yeah, yeah 100%. Perfect casting. And, Especially uh, for how ben- much... Uh, Especially how much uh, work a, a lot yeah, of the cast yeah. puts into it, but specifically her to like learn the Ainu language and the pronunciations and everything. She like, talked hmm. about it on Twitter. I'm pretty sure how she did that, and it's interesting. Go check if you can find her tweet, original tweets. Go check it out. Uh, she, it's really impressive. It's really really cool. Honestly, those it's good, like honestly, I just shout out to all voice actors and actresses. Yeah, like amazing. Yeah, uh, the the performance I want to give praise to though. Uh, is David Wald as Surumi. Oh my Surumi? fucking yeah. god. Because <laughs> he's my favorite in the dub. Um, I watched, by, for context, I watched the show mainly in sub, but I went back and watched uh, some dub stuff in order just to compare. Um, I think, I, and while I think I maybe prefer the sub just by a tidge, I think a Surumi I love in dub. I love David Wald as Surumi a lot. And he kills it. He's just the way he plays his character. You never quite know like what he's thinking at any time. It's yeah. He 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 my. really does capture that unpredictable nature of Sarumi. Yeah. Really, and well. he's playing Oscar a lot in Vinland Saga. Did you know that? 
I just nut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, David Wolf the King, and uh, he's at, and I love him as Sarumi. I think that he gives. I think that's my favorite performance in the in the dub. It's uh, is him, especially as it's, especially as the season goes on. From what I've looked did, you also seen. know that uh, Sarumi is a major lightweight, and if he has to drink with with his superiors, he pretends to drink. That's that's why is that the most Sarumi thing I've ever heard in my life? Because <laughs> do you think the stuff abs- leaking out of his head is like sake? No, I think stuff, it's, no. The stuff leaking know, out of his oh, head is his brain, brain juice. Yes, yeah, his brain <laughs> it's juice. His brain cells. Oh my, I'm leaking a little bit. Oh, my favorite I, thing, I but, do apologize. It leaks. I want to talk about how Sarumi's introduction in season one is my fa- one of my favorite introductions for any character ever because when you see him. He just he he's acting like he's acting normal, and then he just shoots a guy. I was say, he shoots a guy, and he and just he bites his finger off. And... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's just kind of like a oh. of just crazy, dude. You never know what to expect with him. He's like he's like, he's like when he's on screen, it's like okay, I I don't know what he's gonna do, but it's gonna be fucking weird. And that's part of the reason why, especially in the later seasons, I love Sarumi so much. Because whenever he's on screen, he just commands that scene. He's one of those yeah. characters. Yeah, and it's great. And it's great. Uh, Shane, anything in particular you want to talk about? Um, I want to talk about... Fuck, what, do I, what did I want to talk about? <laughs> My brain. Hey, Shane, you're the golden comedy guy here. You can't. You can't. You can't fall out. Of this I want. I wanted to Jane, talk. Are you trying to imitate Sarumi and forgetting everything? Yeah. Sorry. A little. A, a little bit of a leak, though. Um, I want to talk about just how accurate this show is in depicting the Ainu culture and how big mm-hmm. of a role it plays in the overall narrative. Because I don't think I've ever seen. A show like this that puts in so much devotion and dedication to properly and accurately depicting a group of people. Like, it goes out of its way to make sure that literally every single thing involving the Ainu is historically relevant and is historically accurate. And because of that... I now know way more about Ainu customs than I think I ever would have in my life. Um, so in that sense, Golden Conway is also an educational show. It is it indeed. Is. You my, can even learn I, how to cook. It has um, the Ainu language and the Ainu stuff is uh, supervised by a guy called Hiroshi Nakagawa, who is an Ainu language linguist. Um, That's really uh, awesome. And he is, and he's good. Who is, who, by the way, is good friends with a Sotoro Noda. Um, uh, and I'll talk a bit, a bit more about Sotoro Noda because I was doing some, um, I was doing some research about him. Uh, but what you do need to know is that, uh, is that, uh, he has a personal connection with all the stuff in the show, uh, in, in the manga. So, uh, but in any case, uh, I love that stuff about the Ainu because I didn't even know about the Ainu until I, same. Fucking watch going to Conway. I I didn't even know about that, but now every time, but now I learn about the Ainu. I'm like, damn, fucking, this should be more common. All I I feel like more people should know about the Ainu. Like fucking, makes you want to like it. Makes you want to like go out there and like spread the word almost. And like, be, and, be, and because of that, people. I I appreciate 
Golden Kamui so much more than a lot of other anime because I feel like it's doing a service to this culture, this group of people. It's it's really putting them on the map in a a sector where I think many people like us never even knew they existed before we had watched Golden Conway. And because of how popular Golden Conway is, both in the manga and the anime world, especially in the last couple years since the anime started, um, I'm really, really impressed and grateful for the work that uh, Noda put into incorporating the Ainu into his work. I feel like it, it really gives them a lot of exposure that I don't think they got otherwise. Agreed. Um, it's it's just good stuff. It's good stuff with them, and I really appreciate what they've done. And all of it's um, interesting. Like, it every is. single facet of the Ainu culture is so, like, fascinating and interesting to learn. How, how their customs work, how they're different from, like, normal natives, how they differ from Japanese society, how the Japanese view the Ainu and vice versa. It's, it's all just really engaging stuff. And it, it, it's handled in such a really nuanced way that gives them a lot of respect. Like, you can tell Noda has such huge respect for the Ainu people, and he really captures that in Golden Conway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, anything in particular you want to talk about the first season? I mean, to be honest, you guys pretty much covered everything already. Um Honestly, just a really great introductory season, like Shane said. Just a great way to get yourself into the show without being over-flooded with information. Mm-hmm. Um, animation's great. Everything's great. The soundtrack, once again, I don't know if we talk about the soundtrack, but the soundtrack is really great, too. Oh, it's, Kenich- it's uh, Kenichiro Suhiro who did the music for um, Fire Force ReZero. Okay, um, yeah, understandable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Understandable. Yeah. Have a nice day. Uh, Grand Blam. Uh, Grand Realm. Uh, which- <laughs> Grand Blam. Yeah, so- <laughs> Yeah, so no, it's just, it's honestly just a really, really great show. It's, it's just a really great show. I want to talk about the animation for a bit, because Golden Conway's in a bizarre position to me. Uh, I'm actually a little bit torn. Me uh, too! I'm a little bit torn. Um, and this Is, also it, is this where we're kind of going into, like, criticisms now? Because... Uh, kind of, because... Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of, because, at least with this first season, um... At least with this first season, because I feel the animation gets better as the show progresses. Oh, it absolutely first. does. Like some of the some um, of the animation later on, season two and three, especially season three. Season three has some really great shots. Some yeah. really great uh, stuff. But at least with, with this first season, hello. Um, there are moments when this show looks really good, um, particularly in its art and its art style is consistently really good. There's never a moment where the animation dips, um, in terms into that to outright bad with the exception of one element and we'll get to that um, <laughs> and we'll get to that but for the most part it stays relatively consistently decent and that's the problem here is that it's decent it never golden conway was the was the one of the first things made by geno studio and you it can clearly second. tell that they did not have a big budget on this uh they did not have the money possible they did not have the money available that other shows did um, because at points Golden Comedy's a bit stiff. It's a bit stiff. Uh, animation's a little bit stiff. Yeah, animation's a little bit uh, wonky. Uh, it kind of feels like at times uh like a it, it it never feels like like a uh emotion comic like I call it, but it definitely feels like that they're 
the, that they're trying to save money for the bigger, more action-oriented beats over the... When, when it's just characters talking, there's very no... It's basically the mouth moves and nothing else. <laughs> there's very little of that. And then there's the CG, which looks... Oh! Oh, yeah, that CG, CG bear is bad. Sure. Two words. <laughs> CG bears. That CG bears <laughs> are fucking bad. Atrocious. <laughs> they look bad. This, it's a real shame that Golden Comedy's first experience to many American and kind of like North American viewers is the bad CG bear the memes. CG bear. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, no. Because like, Golden Conway is so good, but man, that bear sucks. That there's bear so, is. There's so much more to this show than just the CG bear. I swear. <laughs> and they don't in the, the, the CG bear. And yes, the C. But yes, the CG bear is as bad as you've heard. Um, it's not the, actually. I think worse because the it's CG bear returns. And they keep coming back. <laughs> and they they keep coming back. The problem with the CG bear is the fact that like in the first episode, it's like okay. It's dark. It's like there's not much lighting because it's like in the night and like the stuff. So it looks bad, but you can get away with it. But then they show it in the daytime. And then the and next, like, literally the next episode, the bear is in the daylight and it looks horrible. It looks horrible. The fur has no fucking It looks like a fucking Roblox character. Um, it's <laughs> fucking like. Things, the wolf, the wolf CG looked good. The wolf CG looks so much. Well, the wolf CG I don't know is what like cell shaded. It's stylized. I, the bear I is like know. realistic. I don't know what happened with the bear. I don't know what happened with the bear CG. All I know is that when season three happened, it was a big deal because now there's actual two D bears. Um, they replaced them with CG dogs. Let's fucking go, boys. CG dogs, which also look kind of wonky, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, uh. Golden, but yeah, Golden Conway's animation is something I've always been torn on, even into later seasons. I feel like that the, I feel like, as well, I think Golden, but I've come to terms with it because Golden Conway, if you've read the manga and I've seen panels from it, it's one of those manga that has really detailed artwork <sighs> and it's really difficult <sighs> to adapt. So, <sighs> so Man, it's a case of like obviously they're trying to stay faithful to the artwork of the manga, which they do art wise. This is a great looking show, so. In any case, it's like I can I can handle maybe some wonky bits of animation if everything else is good, which it is, and it's which it is, yeah, uh, which it is. Any other criticisms people have? I think Shane might have some because they cut out stuff. So let's I, uh, Shane go off. I have a couple big criticisms uh, that I want to talk big. about. But if anyone else has anything they want to say before me, the floor is yours. All right, I guess I'll talk. Uh. So, yes, like Matt alluded to, uh, one of my biggest issues with the adaptation as a whole, not just the season, is how much they cut from the manga. And I didn't really know the extent of this problem until I started reading it myself. It's a big deal because they can cut simple panels here and there that give like more context to certain things. Uh, they can cut a singular chapter that's just like a slice of life uh, segue. Not a big deal. But then it can be as egregious as them cutting entire story arcs for seemingly no reason. 
And there's a a couple of them I understand. Like there's one involving a uh, like a certain like a like a guy who like guy who's into bestiality that they cut. Some of that one I get. Are justified. Like the guy who's into bestiality. There's one later on that involved. There's a literal sex scene. So I get it. Um, Excuse me. What? Yeah, there's there's a whole like double panel spread. They fuck. Anyway, fuck. They fuck. No, um, just just no, please, just no, no. So yeah, that stuff I get. But then there's stuff like Hijikata and Nagakura get involved in gang warfare. The gay yakuza couple. Um, them going out into the forest and hunting a giant eagle. It's like. Why did these get cut, of all things? I, it's so inconsistent with the content they choose to cut. And after reading enough of the manga and seeing just how much of it did get scrapped for the anime, I've come to the conclusion that it's probably mainly for pacing reasons. But then that also creates the issue where certain events will jump around to get around that fact, and then it just becomes kind of confusing. Because there's yeah, one th- point... There's one point in the season where Ogata is just with Hijikata and they never explain it. That's the arc they cut, was how the two met and how they joined forces. So and they're I just feel, there. Yeah, uh, I do remember that. And also, season one ends on a weird point anyways, so it's like... Yeah. Why? Well, you want to know I'd... why, because the arc after they go to the, the horse track is the gay Yakuza arc. <laughs> I would rather like, them end with that. That sounds I mean, like a cool. We thing. can't have gay yakuza men in our anime. <laughs> From what I understand, I think that may have been turned. I know that they did some arcs as OVAs. They did uh, OVAs, yes. Um, I do not know if the gay yakuza was adapted as an OVA. I'm actually going to go check. Please check. Um. Uh, but yeah, as a fan of the series, that's a real big pet peeve for me because some of those side arcs that got cut are actually really interesting and it gives a lot more clarification and development for the side cast, which I feel can get kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit in the first season because most of their development was cut. So that's a big okay. problem. Quick question. Uh, was it the fucking arc, uh, the, in bar, uh, the Baruto arc? Yes. Oh, that the Baruto arc. As an o- that was an OVA. Yeah. The Baruto arc was the the gang warfare stuff. That wasn't the gay yakuza. Yeah. The gang warfare was Boruto. adapted. Uh, Baruto was adapted <laughs> as a OVA. Yes, that makes sense. As the first OVA, and then the Immortal Beast stuff was adapted as an OVA as well. Yeah, so all the stuff they cut, they adapted as OVAs, which just begs the question: Why? <laughs> My guess again, pacing stuff likely. Uh, it's just like fucking pacing. But then they write themselves into a corner with shit that doesn't make sense. So it's like a really weird adaptation choice there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then my big, my second biggest grievance with the season, which is the one reason why it's the only season I'm not giving a perfect score. Spoilers. It is hands down the weakest of the three. <laughs> it it is just the weakest. Production wise, content wise. It's just you can yeah. tell that you can tell that, like Matt said, this is growing pains. This is the show trying to get its bearings and figure out like what tone it wants to set. Uh, and even then, I think the the first season is paced pretty well for the most part. 
but it's basically it just really, dipping its toes in the water. Yeah, but it really doesn't get going in the first season until Kira Rocky shows up. That's when things really start moving as soon as he shows up. Until then, it's really like one-off stories, villain of the week stuff, slice of life antics, things like that. Once Kira Rocky shows Cooking. up, things start moving at a fucking clip. Almost and like that's he's lots of really cooking. important. Yeah. And yeah, that's just really my biggest issue with season one is that production wise, content wise, just overall, it is the weakest of the three. It, it's just, it's not as good. <laughs> and it's not as interesting either. Like the, the, the more interesting stuff is kept for later on, you know, once the sh- story actually hit its stride and it really started moving. I think my big thing about it, I think the my big the big thing about Golden Conway um, is the fact that it's very, at least this first season especially, is very clearly the result of a brand new studio trying to find a footing. Yep. Um, and and while technically Kokoku came out first, I do know that Golden Conway was the first show they started production on. Uh, and you can kind of tell um, at points. Uh, they're trying to find their bearings. Uh, and yeah, so it's a little, so it, it, there's some wonkiness to it. So let's move on to final scores for this first season, and then we'll move on to the second season. Josh. Yes, I am here. What do you give the first season of Golden Conway? So, I'm going to agree with Shane that this is definitely the weakest of the three. It does have its problems. However, it is still an amazing show. Just just because it has a weak first season does not mean it is a bad first season. So I am giving this a very solid nine out of ten. All right, Spencer. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I I back in the day I originally gave it a um, ten out of ten, but hearing all the stuff and you know being kind of a couple years in the future, uh, I agree. Very solid nine out of ten. All right, uh, Shane. 100% 9 out of 10. I would love to give the season the full 10, but just th- those two big issues for me, the the this being the weakest content-wise and also all the stuff that they inexplicably cut, just really added up. So I, I have to give it the 9. I wish I could give it that 10, man, because I love it, but it just it just barely misses it. Mm-hmm. What about, uh, and, and I will also give it, I also give it a nine out of ten because uh, those early, the trying to find the footing as well as some of the weak animation at points, uh, kind of hurt it um, in the long run for me. Now let's move on to the second season, which aired, you know, which aired from October eighth, twenty eighteen, to December twenty fourth, twenty eighteen, and uh, I will just say this uh, in terms of season two, off the bat, that season two is might be i don't know if it's my favorite season overall but it has some of my favorite stuff Mm -hmm. uh i really really like season two like a lot so uh shane uh what do you think of what do you think that what did you think of season two in total as it was season two is infinitely better than season one (laughs) (laughs) it's 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 just a step up in every single aspect. Production wise, it's much stronger, and there's a lot more impressive animation stuff in this season. 
it has some of the best story material and content in the entire series. It has some of the best moments in the entire series. It has one of the best arcs in the entire series, that being Abashiri Prison. It's yep. gay as shit. <laughs> so gay. Um, it, it really is, like, a huge step up to the point where... As much as I love season one, it's a little hard to go back and rewatch because season two is a thing. It's it's just so much better. That that's really all I can say. It's just so much better. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's uh. uh so I I uh, Spencer, what do you think of season two of Golden Conway? Uh, season two, so if season one was Kino then season two is goaded. Um, it is, it takes everything that season one kind of laid the groundwork for and just makes it better. It just, it's just a step up. And, and um, it's really, really good. And I, I, I think this is where it fully catches its stride. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, all right. I I'm kind of the same. Uh, Josh, what do you think of season two? It do be good. It do this be is, this, is, this good is why we have Josh on the show for his, ins his insight on various topics. His, his wonderful insight, yes. Uh, uh, but yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I think the season two is probably like, not, it's a uh, it's uh, just an infinitely better season. It, has some, it probably has my favorite arc, too, which is the prison stuff. I think that's my favorite. Really, really love that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, let's move on to favorite episode of the season. What is everyone's favorite episode of season two of Golden Conway? This one's way harder to pick than season one, because season one has that one standout episode. Season two has like a string of standout episodes, where after a certain point, they just keep getting better. <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard to pick. Uh, do, do, do you not have one, or? Oh no, I do. I'm just saying it, it, it's a toss-up. But yeah, ultimately, yeah. what I picked was episode six, Tanagaki's backstory. Aninako, good choice. I'm gonna have to agree with Shane on this. I'm thinking, yeah, this is mine. This on like on reflection, like this was mine because. Uh, uh, Tani, uh, Tanigaki, uh, as a character, uh, I always liked him, but this is the, this is what really cemented him. That is, this is what really made him work for me, uh, was this episode. Uh, and it's just, it's also, like, a great example on, like, how Golden Conway is able to really switch, like, prior, like, season one, he picked, like, the a bizarre weirdo episode as our favorite. Uh, but this one we picked like, like, uh, Tanigaki's backstory is it's pretty, it's it's, it's, a, it's a rough one. And it's, uh, what we would say grim. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty raw, it's pretty grim. And, and it's, uh, but it's very good. Uh, it's, 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 it's a great example on how, like, to balance that that uh, that tonal that there's that tonal balance there with it, um, and it's probably the one that it's probably the one that uh was uh the one that affected me the most emotionally too, which I think which really worked, which I think sort of above 
a lot of the stuff, even though I really love the prison stuff. But that's like multiple episodes, so I can't pick that um, yeah. as like an individual, unfortunately. Um, uh, Spencer, is that your pick too, or no? Oh, My hello. Pick? Yes, I'd have a few things to say. I was gonna. I was just asking. I was gonna say, just since it's not Josh, what do you have to say about? Uh, I think Shane was there when I messaged him like crazy when this episode when I watched this episode. Um, <laughs> cried. Oh, th- this dude! I cried. This episode I fucking was cried. <laughs> this episode was amazing, um, because before this, I think this was one of the first ep- possibly the first episode to do the char- like a side character's backstory. Correct uh, me if I'm wrong on that. It was the first of many. There are and yeah. talk about a way to start it off was showing their backstories of Tanagaki and his quest for vengeance and his, his quest for misguided vengeance and his acceptance of what happened and his coming to peace with what happened and just his general growth as a character too cuz Tanagaki we'll get further in this later but just this whole story just broke me Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough. Uh, uh like in uh, 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 Shane, anything you want to add on to it? This might be one of my favorite standalone episodes in the entire show, all three seasons, because not only was it the first instance of character flashbacks which is now a staple of Golden Conway at this point, where most major characters will get a flashback at some point. Um, It was also the first to really cement that format of storytelling for this show. All of the flashbacks in Golden Conway are peak, because they're all written and directed so goddamn well. And Tanigaki's was the one that started that trend. His story of misguided vengeance, trying to avenge his little sister, who supposedly was murdered by his best friend, and how that literally sent him to the ends of the earth to find this man. It's just, it's so tragic. And Golden Conway has always dabbled in tragedy. Like how the, the general concept of the show is tragic. It's about trying to find the gold of the Ainu people who were murdered. Like the yeah. whole the whole basic premise of the show is tragic. Um, and so this really, really knows how to use tragedy in a very powerful way. And I love how it's grim, but it's not 100% grim, dark bullshit. Like, there, there's optimism and hope interspliced in there just to keep it from not being too dark. And I really like that. I like that line that Golden Conway treads where it, it never it never goes too Golden. far in one direction. It, it never goes too far into the dark, depressing stuff, but it never goes full-on happy, optimism, you know, idealistic shit. It, it, it really walks that fine line. And Tanigaki's backstory is the perfect example of that. You could say it's a golden line. I will kill you. Yeah, I understand. We'll have a nice day. You too. 
right, Spencer, what's your favorite episode then? If it's not uh, my favorite episode is the finale, episode twelve, Call It Out. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the episode in which um, we finally get to meet Wilk, a Sherpa's father, and he reveals that he didn't kill the Ainu to acquire the gold, but he knows where it is. But he will only tell a Sherpa, nobody else. Uh, and then Sugimoto and Wilk are fucking gatted by Ogata, um, and Wilk dies, and then Tanagaki's like, fuck my friends, uh, so he, he, you know, pulls him out of the line of fire, and then meets fucking Inkarmat, who got Got the old stabbo real quick. Got and she's shanked. like, and she's and like, oh, uh, Kirorake has betrayed us. Uh. And, and then Tonagaki gets mad. Yeah, that's, and then Shiraishi's like, yo, kid, we, Asher, but we gotta fucking leave now. And runs away. Uh, and then they get met by Kirorake and Ogata, who are like, oh, lol, uh, your dad and surrogate father slash best friend, uh, Sugimoto, are dead. Uh, they they got killed. So sad. Very sad. Rip kid. Uh, and then and then they hop on a boat and the Sherpa has a dream that Sugimoto is alive. And that is with the end of the season. In the end. Have a nice day. I hate the cliffhangers in the show because it always reminds me that it's over and that my heart will be empty and devoid of happiness for another two years. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> yeah, dude, right. it's it, it's just a solid episode. Like it's it not is. even. It is. It is a solid episode. Let's talk about favorite. Ep- Let's talk about favorite characters from season two. Then Shane, who's your favorite character from season two? Oh, this was tough because there's so many and they're all great. But I think overall, I'm gonna have to go with uh, the big bad himself, Lieutenant Sarumi. Yep, uh, yep, 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 I want to talk about him finally, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I love Surumi. He's my favorite from this season. I think he's at his best this season, actually, personally. Um, I disagree. I think he's at his best in season three, but season oh, two no, don't was get me. Don't get me wrong. I think he's best as well. I think he gets some really great moments in three. I just think he's at his best in two, because some of the stuff he does here is just like... If season one was the introduction to Surumi, season two was what establishes him as a big fucking threat. Because this is the season that really captures that insane, unpredictable nature of Lieutenant Surumi. You have no idea what the fuck this guy is going to pull until he pulls it. Like... Oh, did you expect him to raid Abashiri Prison in a fucking warboat? I didn't. <laughs> Until he pulls up and he's like, blap, blap, motherfucker. Blap, blap. Uh, it, it's a, Isn't there it's also, a... like, a fucking, like, like, hot air balloon? Yep. He's not involved in that, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, like, there's a hot air balloon, but it ain't so <laughs> No. Um... Uh, but I, but yeah, no, Sarumi's my favorite in this season, um, mainly for like how his character, how his character, kind of he's kind of like the mirror image to Sugimoto in a lot of ways. 
Uh, he's a great a great anta- he's a great antagonist because in a lot of ways he's kind of like what if Sugimoto had like no like if Sugimoto took the fact that he is kind of nuts and a little bit like out there but taken like what if there was like no like no more handlebars like there's, there's no more like blocks on that anymore how he would probably be which is just kind of like this unpredictable insane probably like actually mentally ill needs help kind of guy um i also we were talking about this last time or we were talking about this i like the fact for surumi remember how all almost all the antagonists have a motive yeah his motive is that half his brain is missing yeah, yeah. His motive, he literally, his frontal lobe is gone, which... That is course, his motive. And, and, he uses it in the war. No, and, and frontal lobe is, by the way, the the part of your brain that makes rational decisions. Yes. Uh, so he, he cannot think rationally. So when he, he does weird, bizarre stuff that harms him, but also harms everyone else around him, it's like, well, he literally cannot fucking... Tell the difference. He doesn't know yeah. any better. Give him a break. But it's like, he literally doesn't know. Good, like, it's, it's also such a good character story, like way to give him the reason what he's doing. Because it's like it's a good gimmick, dude. Sometimes, and I say this a lot, but sometimes a villain doesn't need to have you know a, a sad backstory. They can just be psycho, and no, he can just be involved in everyone else's sad backstory. <laughs> Exactly, and like Lieutenant Sarumi is an absolute psychopath. He's he's what we in the business call a certified mad lad. Uh-huh. And I uh, uh, love him on every single. Se- uh, Josh, who's your favorite character from the second season? My favorite character uh, is the one, the only Tanagaki Nishpa. Tanagaki Nishpa. I real I really genuinely loved his character growth this uh this season. His backstory, like I said, made me cry like a baby. Uh it was like little backstory. baby bitch tears. Um his kind of growth with um Oh, what's her name? Inkermot. Inkermot. Their their relationship uh, was really great. Um I want just them his to relationship be with Me too. His relationship with um the younger Ainu Chikapashi. as kind of yeah, yeah. Takapshi as like a mentor and just his friendship with Sugimoto too was just it's such a great he's such a great character man he's an absolute bro he is a Goro he is a Go Bro that's how much of a bro he is. bro Tanigaki is fucking Chad Tanigaki is just a bro and he will throw his life away for you mm hmm. He's such a good yes. he, He's just such a cool... And it's, I really like his character design. And also, shout out to um, David Mantragon, the voice actor for him. Does an amazing mm. job. Yeah, David Mantragon is really good. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, he just it, he's just such a cool character. I really like him. He's, he, and he is. He's so cool. Yeah, he's really good. Like, he's just... David Mantragon kills it. Like, he's just really good. And I like him quite a bit. Um, all right. Uh, uh, Spencer, who's your favorite from season, season two? Uh, oh, 100% my favorite goes to the absolute mad lad, Shiraichi, the escape artist. Um, Scat King? You mean the Scat King, right? Scat King. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is 
insane. Shiraichi is insane, but he's also, like, one of the biggest bros on the squad. Like... Very true. He is from, you know, trying to kill um, Sugimoto in the freezing cold snow to being his new best friend and caring for a Sherpa. Um, he's just a great guy that can just get out of anything and get into anywhere. He's and he pretty can much dispose- a Sherpa's uncle at this point. Pretty much. He's Uncle Shiraichi. Uh, he, uh, you know, fucking, he can dislocate every bone in his body and relocate it. He can, um, he can regurgitate stuff that he wraps in into his stomach. I was gonna, I was gonna uh, say, he's got weird stuff in his mouth. He has yeah. weird stuff in his mouth. Uh, he's um, just his face is used as a sensor. Yeah, it, I love it. It's amazing, and he's an absolute goofball. And he's he's the best comic relief in Team Sugimoto. I was oh, yeah. just about to say he is one of the best comic relief characters in general, too. Also, I really like uh, Ben Phillips. Ben Phillips does as, a great job, dude. He as does an amazing Reggie, job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's quite good. Uh, it's quite good. Um, and it, uh, yeah. Uh, but in any case, with a with a with the best must come a worst. And unfortunately, Sane has let me know that he does not have a least favorite character. For I don't two. have one. <laughs> uh, so Shane, uh, are you going to take? Are you t- are you going an NA for this, or are you gonna or are you going to wait to hear our picks? I'm gonna let the boys discuss and. See where my opinion falls. All right, Josh, who's your least favorite from season two? Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to quote Shane, um, N.A. Like, there's oh, just, there, there's just <laughs> he's going N.A. <laughs> there's just no bad characters in the show. In this well, Jay, I, ju- I just rewatched season two last week and I'm like, I don't hate any of these characters. <laughs> Like they gen every single character, every single antagonist, every single character has some form of motivation and some reason to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If I, anything, I, like okay. if I had to say my least favorite, I just don't like what he did. Like, and it doesn't make him a bad character in any way. Would be Kiro Ronke just because what he did, but even still, he's an. Amazing but Kiro Ronke is such an interesting antagonist. And that's the thing; he's such an in- he's such an interesting antagonist. I can't hate him. I just don't like what he did. That's like the most I can say is I don't like what he did. Espe- especially because you get that's into called season good character. Good yeah. character writing when you don't good like character what writing, especially when you get into season three and then it's revealed that he's a fucking political activist. Yep. But we'll go more into season three later. Okay, I... Spencer, who's your least favorite? I fucking know. Um, Are we Spencer's all joining us in team? I guess. I guess. Gonna pick up rank. He's gonna Spencer, pick up rank. You can just do NA, man. Like, just join us in the club. Uh, season two. I'm gonna go with that one person that gets absolutely gatted in the prison that's like all of them yeah Yeah. that's the that's every (laughs) fucking non-name character my my, uh my least favorite character is the uh abashiri prison guards 
Good choice. Good choice. Because they can't what, do their job. You know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I was also nice going day. NA. Fuck y'all. Oh, <laughs> I, okay, I had y'all cool. in suspense. Wow. no bad characters, man. Fuck you, Matt. What do you mean? I can't, be I can't believe you would keep us on the edge of our seats. Ah, I, I am a bamboozle. Um, but in any case, uh, yeah, NA. Because this season has the best cast of characters to me. Um, that's, I think, why... I think that's why season two, I think, hits the most out of all three of them. Because the cast is so good here. Uh, just, like, just a consistently amazing cast. Um... Because yeah, let's move into stuff I really like about this season. Because particular, I just real, I honestly just really love how this season splits up its characters. Because there's mm -hmm. every character gets something to do here, and Golden Conway has a huge cast, so that's a monumental task for twelve episodes. But they do a fantastic job with that, and I think that's what's most impressive with it is that every cast, every every cast member gets something to do here. Yeah, and it's also uh, yes. the way it relegates. Uh each group to their specific tasks and how they're all separated at one point, but then they all come together at the end for the big job that's Abashiri. It, it really gives you time to understand and learn more about each individual group before they all come together for the ensemble job. Yeah. I think that's yeah. really smart. I think that's a really smart way to uh, divvy up character focus because it gives it gives like Matt said everyone something to do and everyone a little bit of the spotlight so when they all come together in the end you know what everyone's been up to you know what their motivations have been and then they all come together for the big prison break which is ugh, so good mm -hmm. uh, it's in case uh, I really like uh, but yeah uh <laughs> Spencer, anything in particular for season two you want to discuss? Season two is just a better season one. Like, perfect. Everything, everything that I talked about in season one is just added on to, and just it's just genuinely perfect. It it is the start of perfection, and it keeps on going. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's it, that's it that shit's just really is really good. Josh, anything in particular you want to talk about with season two? Uh the entire season is as you mad you know, you crazy uh movie film majors like to call it, it's a kino, as I think as the kids call it these days. It, it is indeed I'm really interested to see if you even know what that I means. really like I don't, but here's the thing that I don't care, because <laughs> I genuinely loved season two. It was amazing. Everything about it was amazing. It was perfection. It was it was such a good season. Well, Kino is just the Japanese... It, it's not the Japanese. The Japanese, the Japanese word. Japanese word? No, it is not. It's not. It's the German word the German, it's word German thank you. Yeah, it's, it's the German, German word for cinema. Word for cinema. Uh, so... Uh, oh, that's and, right. And, yeah, because from Kino to Toten and Zombies. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And, the and, and, yeah. So, so when we refer to something as Kino, it means that it is cinema, and that it, it it's a it's cinema. a pretentious way of saying that this is indeed cinema. I it's mean, like <laughs> if cool. you want to be really uh, technical, literally every movie ever made is Kino. Yes, technically. Yeah, it's you really technically. Good though, but no, yeah. it is season two. Is like Spencer said, the start of something beautiful yeah it is and uh, yeah so i'm gonna so i think time for final scores and we can move on to season three uh which i know shane is that's the one shane really wants to talk about and what we want to talk about um 
I'm going to like so Spencer final scores Golden Conway season two. What you give it? Let me hear the ten out of ten. Ten out of ten for you, Josh. He went to go pee. Okay, he went to go pee. Uh, Shane. Y'all think I'm going to give it a 10. And that's what I want you to think. But guess what, idiots? I'm going even further beyond. (laughs) I'm giving it the illustrious 11 out of 10. Wow. Uh, I am giving it a 10 out of 10 because I am not Shane who gives out 11s willy-nilly. I love (laughs) Golden Conway so fucking much. Season 2 is perfection. It's one of my favorite fucking seasons of anime. I'm giving it the goddamn 11. I don't give a shit. He's giving it an 11 out of 10. Oh, how... uh, Oh, he's going to give it an 11 out of 10. I'm giving it a 10, though. It's really good. You guys have Alright, uh, t- uh, Josh, what do you give season two of Golden Conway? Are you ready for some high praise coming from me? Mm-hmm. Is he about to do it? Golden Conway is just as good as Hotel. So it gets a wow. Hotel out of ten. It is a, ho- it, is a ho- it is a Hotel out of ten. That is how good it is. It is a Hotel out of ten. That's crazy. <laughs> Which for That's anyone nuts. who knows me, I love her. Yes. Isn't that you? Isn't is that basically your equivalent of an eleven out of ten? Like a fifteen out of ten, pretty much. Oh fuck! So yeah, like a high number out of ten. Josh, would you say that Golden Conway season two is one of your favorite seasons of anime? Possibly, it might score my uh, top ten list. I might have to do some updates. This is why he is my son. (laughs) I might have to do some updates because I do just like Golden Conway as a whole. This is um, why it is a very good show. it's really good to uh, broaden your horizons. Yes. Yes, broaden your horizons. Speaking of broadening horizons, season three. Um, let's talk <clears> about <throat> season, let's, uh, season three. Uh, it's really uh, uh, season three, which aired from October 5th, 2020 to December 21st, 2020. Uh, which uh, uh, So like this one wrapped up less than a year ago uh so season three um it's something else uh, season three is something else i don't it's hard to describe season three in particular actually because there's a lot that happens in this season um uh maybe like like it it almost feels like it's stuffed to the brim with stuff but honestly i think that's one of its uh strengths is that it's constantly something happening in it shane what do you think of season oh. three Oh, give Conway it to me, baby. If I think that's all we need to know. It's just him doing that. Season three is an oddity because it almost feels like a completely different show in the best way possible. Because it, it, it's really interesting to see how far Golden Conway has come from where it started. It started off as, oh, wacky gold-finding adventures. Let's go find the gold and learn more about the Ainu along the way. <laughs> and then season three is like, the political relations between Japan and Russia have been strained beyond belief. The countries are now on the brink of war. <laughs> and it's like, there's like, ex- there's like political extreme activism and there's like, minority independence revolution and there's there's underground russian fight clubs and it's like season three 
goes ham right off the bat. And yet, it is peak Golden Conway. Season 3 is the best season of this fucking show. Peak fiction. Peak fiction, as we like to call it. Shenka is radical. It is. Season 3 is on another level. Like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just the best of everything this series has to offer in a brisk 12 episodes. It has the best story out of any of the seasons. Uh, the Hunt for a Sherpa is the best singular arc in the show. It has some of the best character backstories. It has easily the strongest uh, cast of antagonists with such intriguing nuanced motivations and reasons for why they're doing what they're doing and it has quite possibly one of my one of my favorite singular episodes in any show ever it's it's just that good man i think i know which one you talked about because we may have the same one it probably um, yeah um uh spencer what do you think of season three of golden conway season three and i mean this in no small part might be one of my favorite seasons of an anime I've ever seen. Hands down. And I do not say that lightly. But this... It's really hard to talk about Golden Kamui without sounding like a broken record, just because it's consistently amazing. Like, like it's not like some anime which will have like a season that's like eh, you know it's all right or like it'll have a season that's like dr- like knocked down incredible and then another season that's just absolutely garbage um golden conway is just good and it seems like as they went on gino started their role and this watching this week to week and i had to watch this in sub this is my first time watching golden conway in sub so I had to get used to the Japanese voices, but they're also incredible. Um, genuine, genuine perfection in this season. I love it. But that's also could be because I'm a massive history fan, and you know, this was a this was the historical season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it, Josh, what did you think of season three of Golden Kamui? I thought it couldn't get better, man. I thought it. I thought it was like. I thought it was perfection, man. I was wrong. Like you come out, you come off the coattails I of was, season two, and you're like, this can't get any better, right? And then the first I was episode, like, it just, they have it just Stenka, can't get better. Like, oh, okay. The, the, oh, dude, don't even get this. The Stenka was this, this. This season just came in punching you right in the face. Face, just hey, like get Stenka. it, get it, punch. Literally, Stenka, it, it should, This season was so good. I'm not going to say it's one of my favorite seasons of anime of all time because Eurocamp season two exists. This However, is better than it that, is, but I digress. We also have different tastes, but anyways, um, it is still amazing. Season two, or season two was good, but season three. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, this is a, like, I think, I, I, I'll, I'll need to think on, like, which I like more, two or three. Uh, but, like, I think the three is, three is, like, wild. 
I think I had like three, like three ghosts to some wild places, and I like that a lot. Like it just keeps on go, it just keeps on going, uh, and it's filled to the brim with so much good stuff, like so much, just good shit. And that's my favorite part of it. Um, so let's so let's talk about favorite episode because Shane name the best episode because I think we got the same one. It's episode eleven. <laughs> Yes, it is. Indeed, it is. Very true. A sin and impurity. Very Fucking true. Spencer hasn't said anything. That's not my favorite episode. You're a bitch. Are you <laughs> Spencer, you can just, Spencer, you can just leave now. Oh, you, oh, understand. Oh, I, 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 you know what? Before we talk about episode 11 now, Spencer, what's your favorite episode? My favorite episode is episode 6, Bad Sign. That Which one is... That, that, that one is... is Ogata's backstory. Oh, it's, oh, it's Ogata's, Ogata's backstory you know and also the fight with uh, Vasily. The sniper yes, battle. Vasily. You know what? You know what? Fair. Very fair. I really so, like Animal. Have a nice day. I'll talk more about Ogata because I really like Ogata, even though he's a slime ball. Um, like the scum of the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's a scumbag, but I really like him. Like, genuinely. I think he's an inspired and incredibly interesting character because while Lieutenant Surumi might, um, you know, be insane because his brain is missing, Ogata's just dark. He's just, he's, his upbringing was rough. He was constantly, you know, compared to his, his far more positive, far more, you know, brilliant brother and at the end of the day because of Surumi he made a, a decision that has stuck with him forever that of course being murdering his brother in, in cold, cold blood. blood in cold blood uh that and the snowball fight not snowball fight oh my god I'm thinking, snow- chainsaw chainsaw I'm thinking chainsaw man I'm thinking chainsaw man chainsaw man What? We're talking about Chainsaw Man early? I haven't read it, but I'm going to give it an 11 out of 10 anyways. There's chainsaws and 100 100 out of 10. That's that's the correct answer. Um, But no, sorry. The sniper battle with Vasily and then the whole thing after that. Also, how it comes with, like, there's, like, you can see in the episode beforehand, the episode after this, that there are chips in Ogata's armor when he's he's with the Ainu people. Like, Ogata is stoic and, you know, to himself. But I wouldn't say, you know, he doesn't necessarily hate anybody. He just wants them to understand how he felt, which is very scary. Because he did not have a good upbringing. And this backstory shows it. But um, that, the whole cat and mouse with the facility is really well done. And the end of the episode where he's like, ha, I did it. And then like, but also I have a really bad fever because I, you know, camped out. Sat out in the middle of the wilderness in in like freezing weather for like 12 hours. Hours, yeah. But he did it. He got the shot off, and that's uh, and that with the backstory is why episode six is my favorite. Who However, episode eleven battles would be extremely interesting to watch. 
I God, I I haven't seen Enemy at the Gates in a while. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. but it's but I really like Sniper Battles are really cool. And okay, yeah, we're going like... to the actual best episode. Uh, wow, way, episode to, 11. Way, way to fucking brush that off. Wow. Uh, if I, yeah, but episode eleven. Uh, this episode is incredible. This episode is incredible. I I don't. This episode is the culmination of like fucking thirty-five episodes worth of material. So oh, like, it's, yes, it's like it's like everything the entire that the entire show has been doing up to this point has been leading to this one moment, and it's mm-hmm. ah, what chef's kiss, yeah, chef's kissle. It's it's Good not one. even it's not only just the perfect climax for this season in particular, because the entire story of the season is it's basically the Asherpa retrieval arc essentially mm-hmm. and like what better ending for this arc this season than the long awaited reunion between Asherpa and Sugimoto which is done just beautifully Um, it's not just that but it's also like Matt said the culmination of everything the show has been leading up to because not only are they finally reunited after a season of being apart? A Sherpa finally remembers a pivotal piece of information relating to the gold. And it's something that if you've been paying attention to like the subtle details leading up to this point, you might have possibly figured it out on your own and i like that i like when shows do that they hide like snippets of information that the audience can like piece together before the actual big reveal and it's like oh look we established this like 30 episodes ago and it makes me feel smart mm-hmm. it, it's, it's <laughs> just so like it's such intelligent writing and yeah, also the actual it, reunion is just i cried <laughs> The, the reunion. Uh, I cried tears of joy. Sugimoto just once again it, doing the if you touch her, I swear I will hunt you down to the end of the world and make your life a living hell. But he uh, also spares Ogata because he doesn't want a Sherpa to become a murderer. Which I love it because yeah. he Sugimoto's reaction to that was so visceral and I loved it. Yeah, I, he knows that what what taking another life can mean, and he. He wants to keep a Sherpa pure. Yeah, as he should, as he should, because it's super... as he should, because she is a wonderful, wonderful little girl. Yeah, and it's uh, I just I just love this episode. I love this episode. The actual finale itself is also great, by the way. I mean, the finale um, has grenade is... cutter Koito. So yeah, even True. if the, even 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 if the story is not done, but you know, there's also that. Uh, but in uh, but uh, episode eleven just. Mwah. Let's talk about favorite characters, though. Uh, Spencer, I know who your favorite character is, so let's get it out of the way. Who's your favorite character from season three? Hayakonosuke Ogata. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely like Ogata this year, this season. I mean, I I liked him from the beginning. I thought he was a fascinating, but this is when he becomes truly understandably disturbing is what I'll say. So, Ogata is the illegitimate son of a Japanese uh, military 
uh, l- lieutenant. Um, and his father commits seppuku after the the war. So, quote-unquote seppuku. Yeah, quote-unquote seppuku after the war. And um, Ogata then joins the army where he meets Yusaku Hanazawa, who is happy to see his uh, brother Ogata. Ogata kind of hates him because, you know... He's kind of the legitimate son of his dead father, and his father never, never, you know, cared about him, or kind of left her out to die, didn't really do anything about Ogata, and Ogata doesn't like that, and he's fought against the concept of the noble bloodline, and, uh, kind of looking at things from an emotional standpoint. And during the Battle of of Hill 203, uh, during the Siege of Port Arthur, uh, his his younger half-brother, who is this virtuous, holy, almost like like saintly individual who won't sleep with women, women, he won't do anything bad, is chosen to be the flag bearer, which is a which big deal back. Basically, you were in charge of holding the flag and running it to battle. And Ogata decides, you know what? I've tried my best, but he just won't see reason. So he shoots his brother in cold blood. And that's his backstory. But as we get introduced to him, he's perfectly capable of being polite and and amicable. He he holds no ill will people um, whatsoever. He just does things in a cold, calculated way. And I really like the way that he's shown. You know, he's more than capable of playing nice with people, but also more than capable of shooting Sugimoto and Wilk and many other people just because he can and he wants to they're in the way and i think that's fascinating um also he gets his eye cut out because you know can't be killed by poison i like be bad i like ogata is one of the greatest antagonists in this entire series and i love one little detail about this uh his character where yeah sure he shoots his brother in the back of the head Attacks him from behind, kills him in cold blood, just completely, just devoid of all emotional attachment. And yet, the vision of his brother still haunts him. Like, he still Mm -hmm. gets PTSD from what he did. So it shows that he's, despite, you know, contrary to popular belief, he is not just a cold-blooded killer. He still has feelings. He still regrets his actions he just doesn't Mm -hmm. show it on the surface because he's so obsessed with achieving his goal whatever means necessary and his goal has changed you know multiple times and like at this point he doesn't really know what he wants all he knows is he is going to get what he wants and what he feels he deserves no matter the cost 
also a little fun fact for you here. Uh, if you liked Yusaku, um, you'll be happy to know that there's a flashback arc in the manga where Surumi and the 7th Division try to get him laid. It's, this manga's incredible. <laughs> there is it's... literally an arc, it's literally the Yusaku virginity arc is what it's called. <laughs> Why? Golden Conway Golden Conway is a very serious historical drama. Uh yes. that's I one time called it uh I called it fucking Yakuza, but if it was in the nineteen tens. And yeah. You're not wrong yeah. though. <laughs> it's <laughs> because it reminds me totally a lot of that of Yakuza, where Yakuza rotates a lot between like serious like actual like shockingly grim stuff and then just fucking and insane dumb bullshit and then Kiryu goes bowling with a chicken yeah dude nugget <laughs> the best uh, Shane, character who's your in Yakuza 0 yes no. uh, yes Shane who's your favorite character in my favorite character three? second verse same as the first it's Lieutenant Surumi yet again Oh, really? Okay. For different reasons than I picked in Season 2. Because Season 2, he's there for a majority of the season. and He commands every scene he's in. He's got such an unruly, unpredictable personality to him. He's just such a charming villain. Season 3 does things very differently with Surumi. Because he's not the main antagonist of this season. He's on the sidelines for most of it. But the way they incorporate him into the narrative is, without a doubt, the best he's ever been. This season really drills into your head just how connected Surumi is to the rest of the cast. He's literally involved with every single major character in some way, shape, or form. And he's manipulating everyone at once. And it really shows you just how maniacal and calculating he really is and how many how many strings he's willing to pull to like concoct this huge operation to find this gold it's really impressive the way they use sarumi in the season all right uh yeah josh who's your favorite this season i mean i guess i'm gonna to have to copy shane in the second verse thing with the verse uh because uh Tanagaki, once again is you know, he's a bro. Oh, he's an amazing character. His backstory is great. We just his interactions with everyone, him during the Stenka, just his interactions with Sugimoto and everyone in the team Sugimoto is amazing. Um, I do want to give a quick little shout out to both Hajime and Koido. Both really great characters too. I had yeah. a hard time but I honestly had a hard time picking between um Hajime and Koido or Tanagaki because they're all amazing characters and Sugimoto too, but I had to go with the boy Tanagaki because he is just such a great character. For me, at this point, he feels like his own main character. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he really does. For me, I'm gonna go with Shane with Surumi because, as Shane said, Surumi, they do a lot of interesting stuff with him this season that honestly just deepens his character, makes him far more fascinating, and. There's, some, there's something about the way that he they, the show uses Surumi uh, and how the story uses him that makes him almost like a, this unique... This, like, I've never seen a villain quite like him uh, in like anime before. Uh, there's something about him that's just kind of like... He's such a unique kind of villain 
And yeah, I want more of him. I want more of him. I I would want. I would see a spinoff series that's about him. Just oh yes. I want to. Like I just want to know more about him. And I, honestly, I think that's why. I think Sarumi might be my like favorite character in the series. I don't know yet. He's um, up but, there. He really is. Yeah, he's he's great. Let's talk about least favorite though. Uh, Shane, who's your least favorite from season three? I'm going the opposite of Spencer here. I'm picking Ogata for my least favorite. Yikes. Oh, I have to agree with that. Uh, I mean, Shane completely understandable, though. No, it's completely understandable. I have, I have guys to agree a, with Shane on that. The guy's a straight-up fucking dickbag, dude. Literally, I completely understand. Ogata is one, like I said, one of the most fascinating antagonists in this show. And I love him as an antagonist. The role he plays, he plays incredibly well. But he's meant to I, be hated. I hate the fucker. He is, he is one meant of, to be hated. He is one of the antagonists in all of anime that I have loved to hate the most. Like, everything he does has this really slimy, dirty, just... Ugh, just it, it, it just has this, like, horrifying, unsettling effect to it. Literally everything his do- everything he does is just off-putting. But I understand 100% why he does the things he does. And that's what makes it so hard to name him as my least favorite, because I think he's an amazing antagonist. But God, I just hate this fucker. <laughs> that's, why when, that's why when he loses his eye, I'm like... Fuck yeah! It's so fuck. It's so fucking gratifying when he loses the eye. Yeah, he like he loses his eye. Bye bye eye. Especially, uh, especially I- when that happens right after he tries to, he tries to convince a child to murder a full grown man. It's like, dude, what what are you doing? <laughs> man, 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 cross the line. It's like, okay, I don't know anymore. I, mean, I don't know about you, um. Uh, yeah, and so also Josh- one more one more thing. Sorry, I for I forgot something. One more thing I I I love to hate about Ogata, which makes him my least favorite, is that he and Surumi both play the role of the unreliable narrator. Because especially in episode eleven, there's a scene where Asherpa's kind of interrogating him about what he knows, and he's trying to pin everything on Kiraronke. Kiraronke is the mastermind, and. Kiraronke was the one who gave the order to kill Sugimoto and Wilk. And he, he he tries his hardest to bullshit his way through this conversation. And it plays out the scene back in Abashiri where he completely lies his way through the whole thing. He's like, yeah, I went down into Abashiri to find Sugimoto. He gave me his, his like last words and his dying wish. And he, he just told me everything. When we know... That's bullshit because the real what actually played out is he stayed in the sniper tower and Tanagaki went and grabbed Sugimoto and he tried to shoot Tanagaki. So I like I love just the how, Tanagaki. Yeah, I I just love how far he's willing to go to be just a bastard. Doesn't mean I like him, but it, it, he's just a great villain. But God, I hate him. <laughs> ah, oh yeah, uh, Josh. Anything you want to say about him? Pretty much everything changed that. Uh, Spencer, who's your least favorite? Uh, don't really have one for the third season. Understandable. Third season. Did I say? Not even Kiro uh, I mean, Kiro is a dickhead, but 
I would be a hypocrite if I gave compliments to Ogata and not to Kiroranke. Fair enough. Kiroranke is a political activist. He's literally fighting for the freedom of his people. <laughs> yeah. Just in the I mean, worst way possible. Exactly. And, and, and Ogata is just a person with a messed up philosophy. Like, his, his, his upbringing has led him to have this fucked up philosophy where all people must be killers because he had to kill in order mm -hmm. to s survive pretty much um i get I, I could say the cowardly like 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 circus guy from the episode where um sugimoto commits seppuku oh you um, mean ring ringmaster yamada Ringmaster Yamada. But... but then he turns out to be like a spy for the Japanese government. Yeah, he's actually he's kind a spy... of a badass. Yeah, he's a spy for the central government, which is radical. Um, so I will give it to uh, the Type 30 Arakawa rifle. <laughs> give it to a gun? He's going to give it to the gun. Because good, because uh, I fucking hate Kuroranke, and he's my least favorite. Oh, okay. Um, I can't stand him. I, I can't stand I know I know he's I know he's wrong. Are you saying that you hate Aboriginal independence, Matt? I don't hate Aboriginal independence. Shame. You've heard it here. Shame first. on you, Matt. Shame. Damn. Damn, I guess I'm just racist. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Matt hates the natives. <laughs> I I don't uh, I the thing is the the thing the the thing about the the the, the thing the thing about Kiaranke that the thing that got Kiaranke to me that I don't like is you know, is not necessarily like a personality thing or even a writing thing. It's the kind of thing that by the end of the season, it's going to sound bizarre. It's almost like that the show kind of forgets about him for a second and he suddenly comes back. Uh, mainly because there's so much that's going on in the season. So I didn't. I didn't necessarily. When, you know, when Kiaranke, like, it, I don't think it's a good thing. That when a character dies, like Kira, when Kiaranke dies, I don't feel shit. I didn't feel anything. So I don't think that's a good thing on the part of the show, quite frankly. Uh, I don't know how, again, I don't know if it's an adaptational thing. I don't know if it's a manga thing. Oh, I don't I don't know how far Shane is into the manga, so I don't know if he's gotten to that point. Uh, in the uh, manga, okay? I'm like just at the beginning of season two content, so I'm not even okay, so Okay, so you haven't... Okay, so it's so... I was just gonna. I was gonna ask like if there was anything that was changed or whatever because I wasn't because I'm not. From sure. what uh, I understand, because I was kind of doing like a quote unquote me? read along while I was watching season three. I was kind of flipping through the manga to see how like what's the same, what's different, how skimming? they adapted it. For the most part, the stuff they actually adapt is pretty much the same. Okay. The question is, did they cut? Did they did they cut out anything or? They might have cut out. Because it's, we it's weird that you say that, because the entire second half of the season is pretty much about Kiraronke and him and Wilk and Sophia in the uh, Revolutionary Army. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just... Something about it didn't work for me, and I don't know. Something about it didn't entirely work for me. I still really liked it. Again, this is, like, probably nitpicking. Probably me nitpicking. I might need to rewatch the season again. Because, again... I kind of I kind of rushed through season three because I needed to get to the because there's a lot of episodes and I had to work and stuff. But I need to I need to see if I because I might want to watch it again. But something about the something about Kiaranke's 
like the end of Kyoranke stuff didn't fully click. Uh, and I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the way he was written, and I don't know if it was the way it was paced. Um, might be a pacing thing because I felt like because again I said there's a lot of stuff that's going on in season three, and it felt like constantly like it was moving. There was never any breathing. So, which works in a lot of cases. I don't know if it totally worked here, though. Let's move on to stuff we really... Uh, this talk, let's move away from stuff we maybe didn't like. Talk about stuff we did like. Uh, Animation! Kate, yeah, this season the looks really season. good. This season looks great. Probably the best... It's the, easily the best-looking season of the bunch. The bears are actually 2D! You know, I was the dogs really, are no longer though. That they replaced the CG bears with the dogs, which is whatever. But when I saw that the bear, cute, so they they are good boys and girls. When I saw the bear was two D, when I when the sh was first airing, I kind of like jumped out of my seat a little bit because I was like, no way, <laughs> they did not. <laughs> they learned from their mistakes. I also love that the Wolverine is in two D as well. Thank God. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, yeah, the is. tiger is in 2D. Yeah, it's the animals every are animal except the dogs. <laughs> like every animal gets the 2D treatment except the fucking sled dogs. Rip sled dogs, I guess. <laughs> They're very cute. Also, can we talk about the fact that there's just a tiger? <laughs> yeah, there is. You know, you see, you mentioned Yakuza, and it's kind of fitting in that aspect because there's oh just my a God. tiger. <laughs> Dude, that fucking, that fucking ringmaster Yansan from uh, the side quests. Mm -hmm. I K, the bear. I was like cool. The tiger. I was like, I already fought a tiger, but that's kind of weird. But okay, I'll go for it. And then there's a chimpanzee operating a crane, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, yes. This makes this, sense. Yes, this makes sense. <laughs> But yeah, the season looks great. The animation-wise, it's easily the strongest out of the three. And there's several points in the show, in, in this season in particular, where there's actual Sakuga moments, which is really nice to see. Yeah, there's a there's quite a bit of that actually. Like there's quite a bit of that. My only problem is it made me cry a lot. Bro, that's just Golden Conway. You're in, you're in for the long haul, yeah. dude. I'm gonna cry when it eventually ends, which is coming True. up. Oh god. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh it's it, yeah, it's 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 wrapping up soon. How do you feel about that? I want I wanna die. You wanna die? Do you wanna know what makes me wanna die? That there's no more golden conway. Well that and that they tried to tell me that Wilk and Kiro Ronke and Sophia were responsible for the death of Tsar Nicholas II. Yeah. Crazy, right? It's so crazy, it didn't even happen. Just tossed a fucking bomb into his carriage and boom. <laughs> I think Mr. Wilk and Kiro Ronke... You were thinking of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, which, by the way, hasn't happened yet. So uh, I gotta give him like something. Okay, just give him something. Just I oh him... no, I I gave them that leeway, but I was just 
fact that they're like, yeah, we killed Tsar Nicholas II, even though, no, Tsar Nicholas II lasted until, like, fucking 1917, dude. What are you talking about? It's crazy. It's fucking wild. This whole season's just wild. This whole season's wild. Alright, speaking of wild, let's talk about final scores then. Oh, mine's really simple. What is it, Spencer? What is your uh, final scores? My my final score is a is a one out of ten. But then you add another one, it be Wow, he did the eleven and got cut off by Discord. <laughs> Discord wow. said, uh uh-uh, uh, you ain't giving Nah, you're giving it a one out of ten, buddy. Sorry, that's canon now. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Please, 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 please. 11 <laughs> out of 10. Like it. it's 11 incredible. out of 10. Josh? He went to go pee again. Oh. Uh, jo- uh, Shane. Did, did, Why do we invite him Josh, to the show? What are you going to give it? I'm going to give it an 11 out of 10 because it's really good. But God damn it, Josh. Yeah, I am yeah, going Josh. to give it... I am giving it... Good old, the good old ten zero. So a hundred out of ten. Yeah, understandable, dude. Have a nice day. I met the ten, but you know what? Fuck it. Hundred out of <laughs> ten. It's it. canon. Why not? Now. It's fuck canon. It. It's canon. Who cares? It doesn't matter. It's a fucking full. Put it in movie. the Gap War book. Fucking whatever. Uh, fucking. Uh, in any case, uh, Josh. Also, what Josh? What are you giving it? I said I gave. it. 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10. All right. Good to... D- Crazy. All right. I was there. I even said I gave it a little 10. Shane was like, Josh, but I said I gave it 11 out of 10. You guys just didn't listen to me. You literally said nothing. Like, no one heard <laughs> you speak. <laughs> I yeah. was speaking. Yeah, not... Unless I had my hand... Nah, I heard Jack and all. Unless I had my finger on the wrong push to talk to you, which is very possible. Oof. Epson chat, boys. Yeah, it is rip. Awesome. rip, 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 rip in peace. All right, and with that, we have officially covered all three seasons of Golden Calm. We're here on the podcast. That was uh, that was faster than I expected. You know what? Well, you we know how much before this point. Hold up, are we yeah, doing a randomizer and, next? Yes, a randomizer. Next up, yes, uh, okay, is the I... random anime generator. If you guys don't know how this works, uh, we rotate every. Uh, a podcast between a pick and meet uh, between me or Shane and the randomizer. Golden Conway was Shane's pick, so therefore it is time for randomizer. Uh, everyone here except myself has used their meta for the year, uh, so I'd say it's about time for me to use mine. So I would like to use Dang my it. meta on this. Ding 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 ding! He's cashing in his fucking He's meta. He's cashing bro. in his meta. I'm cashing in the meta. Cut um, August fifteenth. 2021. 2021. I'm cashing in my meta. So, uh, so I thought long and hard about what show. <laughs> long and do. hard. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I thought, I thought about, I thought, I thought long and hard about what show I wanted to do. I had a bunch of shows that I thrown around, but in the end, it came down to, uh, it came down to another one that I ended up changing last minute because Shane came up with an idea. That I really liked. I'm, and... the, I'm the devil's advocate, man. I'm 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 whispering in everyone's ear. Well, he yeah he brought he brought up an idea, and I was like, you know what? Considering this just came out, I think it's finally time to discuss this. So Consider hopefully I get it done. 
Yeah, no, yeah. No. Consider it done. Uh, however, I hope we get it. I should. Um, so, my meta uh, will have TV rating of 14. It's from 2 to 27 episodes. Score between 8 and 8.5. Released 1995 to 1995, because we have to do this for this one, with the genres of action, drama, mecha, mystery, psychological, and sci-fi. And exclude literally everything else. Everything I was going to say, if psychological wasn't involved in this, I'd be very concerned. Well, yeah, I would, I would, I would also be very concerned because I'll be like, what the fuck? That's false um, advertising. But, but so I'm gonna go over it again. TV rating for TV fourteen between two to twenty seven episodes, twenty seven plus episodes. Score between eight and eight point five. Released between nineteen ninety five and nineteen ninety five, including action, drama, mecha, mystery, psychological, and sci fi, excluding everything else. Generate single random anime, and we got it. Boys, let's go back to Eva. Ooh. Go back to Evangelion. Uh, with no, with the rebuild of Evangelion, we're doing all four, all four films next time is, on the podcast. This is a huge Inc- fucking technicality. <laughs> yeah, this is a huge fucking technicality, but it counts because it's Ava. So we'll be Loop doing hole. the rematch. I'll, I'll see you guys in about. I'll see you guys in about a month or so again. Uh, uh so we're doing. So we'll be doing. Rebuild of Evangelion, all four films, including the recent release, 3.0 plus 1.0, Flex Upon a Time. Uh, so uh, d- d- look forward to that. It will be Shane's first time going through them. Um, so this is going to be a treat wait. for me. This will be my first time since I watched Ava. So. Yeah, you haven't gone back to you've gone back to Ava multiple times, but you haven't gone mm-hmm. back to the rebuilds in a bit. So, which is funny because I, I remember fucking loving the rebuild films, but I'm yeah. I'm I'm ready. Yeah, uh, yeah, as you should be. So next time on the podcast, we'll be covering all four rebuild films. We'll kind of because there's four movies, we'll kind of will be having a different structure for that. Uh, that uh, different structure for that, but you'll see that's uh, see that when you. Uh, tune in next time. I'm Matt, aka Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter at Legion Rex as well as on YouTube uh, at Legion Rex. Uh, where, as the day this goes up, my Mass Effect Two Let's Play should be starting. So go look forward oh. to that. Um, with me, I also have my co-host Shane, aka the Bearded One. You can find him on Twitter Pasta. at at Bearded Gaming Network as well as on YouTube at Bearded Gaming Network, where you post podcasts, Let's Plays. Uh, unboxings, uh, b- gameplay videos, just a bunch of other stuff. And you can also find him on Twitch where he streams uh, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 7 to 10 on the day this goes up, which is on the 16th on Monday. He should be streaming probably one of his last Kiwami 2 streams. He's probably going to wrap up the game. No, in, the, uh, the finale tonight and then Wednesday we're doing the Majima Saga. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. Like, he's going to wrap up the main game tonight. And then Majima Saga on Wednesday. So get ready for that. Uh, with me, I also have my co-host Spencer. Uh, you find him on Twitter with very bur- two E's. Two E's. Two E's. And he po- where he likes a lot of cosplay pictures. With me, I also have my co-host Josh. You can find him on Twitter at uh, Reborn Weeb, where he's barely on it, but he looks under Nick's post quite a bit. Uh, so you yes. can go find him there. Uh, 
Uh, you he's can go he's find just a Final Soul stand account. Yep. I am I indeed a Final Soul stand account. Yes, yes, you indeed are. And uh, and I hope you enjoyed listening to us. And we'll see you all next time for the rebuild of Evangelion. Time to get in the Ava Shinji, you little bitch. Bye. Listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get that going.